And we are here. Yes. With our latest episode of her, him, and a guest. And as you can see on the screen right now, we have the man himself. The man who's been everywhere lately. <laughs> our boy, Jez Corden from Wendell Central and Xbox Two Podcast. Welcome, my man. Let's Thank you for go. Coming. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Really, really appreciate it. And sorry for delaying the show a little bit there, but needs no more. worries. Man. We're just happy you're rush. here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you gotta no, get you. the uh, gotta get the word out there, man. It's a beautiful thing. Very cool, man. Well, guys, listen. Thank you all so much, chat. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, remember. We're doing our, our guest show today, so we're going to be focused on the guests so you guys can be in there and have a good time and enjoy the show, but we're going to be talking to our boy, Jez, so we're going to get started with the show now. Jez, it's the first question we typically ask everyone. Now, we know that you uh, you have your, your, your window central job, right? So everybody knows Jez Gordon on X or Twitter. Right. And then you do have your own uh, YouTube channel. Right. Just just Corden Gaming. Right. Or just Corden. You're just 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 see. Right. Something like that on on YouTube. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't guess, really use that so much, but it's, it's yeah, kind you of guys like, use the it for like the Xbox second two. channel. Yeah. 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 So the big one is where you guys are on Xbox two podcasts um, where you guys have been there for years now. And I remember six years. I remember when you guys first started it. It was it's it's super dope. But it's just to hear from you. I know you and Ran. I I literally remember the episode where I was hearing it come together. But um, the podcast Xbox Two, right? Where'd you guys come up with the name? How did you guys decide on using that name for the show? Man, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> How did we come up with the name? Well, it's kind of like it's a play on like Xbox One, right? Because there's the we launched the show during the Xbox One generation, and so we thought, well, with the Xbox Two, there's two of us, TWO. I can't remember whose idea it was or where it came from. I bet Ran knows because Ran doesn't forget anything, and the story is probably rattling around the back of my head. But I honestly cannot remember. I cannot remember. I can't remember. <laughs> That's a terrible. All right, all right. So <laughs> I remember it was dirt. I remember because I, I heard you guys, you guys were talking about it, but I, I remember being listening to it and, and you guys kind of came up with the name, but I'll leave that. We, we have Rand coming on in a few weeks, so we'll, we'll see if he remembers the story <laughs> when, we, when we get to him. Um, yeah, let's all right. So, but let's, let's pivot that. And instead of uh, that, let, tell us a little bit of how you ended up at uh windows central i know you were huge in world of warcraft and that kind of let's 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 hear the story how did you get there man i remember i remember this story this is this is kind of like this is kind of like the john wick version of blogging kind of because <laughs> it was originally i was motivated by spite originally nice. in the day. it's a great I mean, motivation I, yeah i i I've, I've been a content creator since i was a kid you know i i used to be on newgrounds.com and I used to make flash cartoons. You know, I used to make um, little stick men running around killing each other. Some some people nice. have uploaded my old cartoons to YouTube, and some of them have got like half a million views. I'm like, well, 
where's my ad revenue from the from these old ass cartoons, you know? But um, you know, this just dumb stuff I made when I was a, a kid and a teenager, you know. But one thing I used to do as well, well, because I used to have a this is before the days of YouTube or 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 social media even. I mean, we very, very simple social media. Uh, people of a certain age will remember. Um, you know, stuff like ICQ and AOL and MS chat before that, Microsoft chat, and then IRC and, and things like that. But um, everything was just, you know, search engines and then forums, you know, finding forums and sharing forums and stuff like that. And then like these content portals, like Newgrounds started to grow and, and like you, you put your link on the flash, the flash video and try to get people from Newgrounds to come to your website. Right. So it's not too different to collabing these days, sort of in a way, but, um, I used to, I had a blog on my website that like the focus was the cartoons, but I also had these blog posts and I used to just blog about completely random things and do commentary on random stuff. Like I used to blog about TV shows a lot, um, British TV shows. And, uh, I used to do little MS paint doodles to, to, for the header image and stuff. And I started to realize that my blogs was getting more, more engagement than my flashcards. Um, and they're much easier to write, you know, writing a blog takes like 30 minutes and some of those cartoons I made took months to make for like a minute oh, wow. worth of animation. So I was kind of like, you know, I, I started blogging then, but I never sort of realized it was something you could make money with. And I was like 17, 18 at this point. And I, I'm not sure like how, how independent blogs, if they were making loads of money back then, I mean, it's before influencers were a thing and and sponsorship deals and all that kind of stuff. I suppose all of it was just ad driven back then. Uh, maybe I'm being naive. I don't know, but, um, but I was just, I was just, I grew up in North of England and it's not, it's not, um, it's not a wealthy place. It's like, it's a, I grew up in one of the poorest towns in England, man. And, um, the sort of the society there and the culture kind of, it, it genuinely teaches you not to believe in yourself. I kind of feel like, it teaches you oh, like yeah. you go to school and then you get some crappy job and then you wait for the weekend, you know, and that's, that's your life. And I know so many people from the North of England who have this kind of mindset not to dream, you know, especially people of my age, maybe who, who sort of came, came out of high school right into the, the, the credit crunch, you know, the big recession um, uh, from like 2007, 2006, through through there and i came out of high school straight into that recession no jobs it was like 20 percent unemployment in the uk and i was just like well you know what am i gonna do so i just played world of warcraft all day man i collected my unemployment check <laughs> got on that warcraft grind because it was kind of like well if i can't achieve anything in life i'm gonna be the best damn warlock i can be instead and um nice. but, but then like the years roll on and uh, you know i've bounced from minimum wage job to minimum wage job and um eventually i ended up in a job where it was like we need you to build us a website and i had website building skills from my teenage years and um i'd met this guy i met this guy who was like an apple fanboy i've told this story before but i met this guy who's like an apple fanboy and i'd never met anyone who was a fanboy before like of anything, like I, I'd had arguments in the playground, what's better PlayStation or Nintendo or whatever, and arguing whether Zelda's better than Final Fantasy six VI and seven and stuff like that back in the day. 
Um, yep, yep. But uh, I'd never met someone who was like a fanboy of tech. And this guy, like, he had like an Apple logo stuck on his front door. He had Steve Jobs biography, massive book on his coffee table, Mac in every room. It was so weird, man. And um, <laughs> it was kind of like in my group of friends at the time. And he, he was, I found it really irritating. Like, so. I didn't even care about smartphones at the time. I, I had like a I had a dumb phone and then I had like a really crappy I had one of them LG Android 1.6 phones with the slide out keyboard. I didn't give a crap about yeah. phone. And um but just despite this guy to be to be annoying, I thought, what's the most anti-Apple phone I can buy? Because he was constantly trying to get me to buy an iPhone. So I bought a Lumia Windows phone instead. And I was like, I'm gonna be as as, as contrarian as possible with this right and i got this windows phone i was like hey actually this is kind of cool you know um oh i can get xbox achievements on it you know because I, I was i kind of play an xbox but it was always sort of secondary to world of warcraft or pc games and stuff like that but the fact that windows phone had like xbox games on it kind of i found that i thought that was just really cool and it's like oh wow it's like having a console in my pocket kind of um so and because at the same time and this is just purely divine providence really my work was calling on me to write to code a website for them and to test to test the the php blog system that i coded um i was like well i'm gonna blog about something so i started blogging about xbox and windows phone and stuff and just the stuff that i was experiencing my day to day and um at the same time i'd sort of you know, I was posting the links on Twitter just just to test things, really, because again, my company was like, we want we want to have social media presence. I work for I work for a company that run a bunch of private private high schools in uh, my town, um, and stuff, and and uh, they had a bunch of social social enterprise businesses they call them, where like they they basically take the kids that no one else will have at their schools because they've been ex expelled from every other school or they've been in and out of juvenile prison and stuff like that. Oh, Jesus. And then, yeah, so, yeah, it was it was rough, man. And that's just my town for you. <laughs> um, so they'd, they'd take these kids and, and they'd run them through their intensive school program and then they'd run them straight into one of their social enterprise businesses. And um, they also employed people who were virtually unemployable, like myself. You know, I'd, I'd been like, I've been on, I've been on welfare benefits for years and years and years, and and they were like, and also I was like, I know I'm still overweight now, but back then I was like 450 pounds. You know, I was, I was, I was a big boy. You know, so I was kind of like, I was the kind of person that they, they help. You know, kind of, and they really did help me. They really, really did because I got got confidence i lost weight i was going out the house and i was exercising more and and stuff like that so you know i lost i lost well over 150 pounds back then i gained a lot of That's it back awesome. now, working from home <laughs> but um but, uh, as we do you know, the, yeah but it was great and then and then like i'm just sort of using twitter and blogging and coding websites for work and i end up meeting people in the xbox community and and then other people who want to blog as well. And it's just, it's just snowballed to this. It's all started from that. And it's just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. I had no qualifications. I didn't go to college or university. I didn't go to, I barely, barely finished high school. And um, it's just snowballed to this now, to this conversation we're having right now. So that's kind of where it came from. I was, I just wanted to, to spite this guy who had an iPhone. <laughs> so you're thankful <laughs> to Apple. 
So yeah, you kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's weird, isn't That's it? Dope. Yeah. So do you remember like the actual like what that actual moment was like when you got the I don't know I guess the email or the call uh, from Windows Central like that to make you say yeah hey, so like yeah I mean it was it was snowballing when when I was running my own site I run my own site called XboxMad.net um, nice and uh, with with a with a chap on Twitter who you know he's just doing it for a hobby and. But I was like, I was grinding hard at it because he had like, he had a, f- a proper full-time job. I was only working part-time at the time as well, which also helped. And um, I had no kids, you know, no real you know, social life. I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. And I was just sort of grinding out these blogs. I was running like 10 articles a day, you know, seeing how far I could oh, wow. push this thing. And, um, and uh, I started getting calls from like Microsoft and Nokia because... They would Nokia and Microsoft and the Lumia stuff with the Windows Phone. They were desperate. They were desperate for any press, you know. Wow. So they were coming to people like me and and anyone who would write about Windows Phone, you know, in a positive light, or like you know, rather than you know, The Verge or some of the big tech blocks who just love to shit on Windows Phone. Like I was one of the few people who actually enjoyed using it. So they reached out to me and they invited me to fly out to Barcelona to see the new Windows phone getting launched, the Lumia 640. And that was in 2015. And I was like over the moon. I was like, oh my God, I've been invited to a press event. Yes, it was crazy. I And they're like, we'll pay for your flights and the hotel and stuff. And I, I couldn't believe it, you know, because my, my blog was only getting like a thousand hits a day. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't anything, it wasn't anything massive. But I suppose like they, they wanted to curate a grassroots kind of movement and xbox still does this to this day where like xbox will engage smaller creators and and you know smaller smaller outlets and stuff to try and build a grassroots support you know they still do to this day and we've seen phil go on smaller smaller youtube channels and you know and, and that kind of thing in the past and aaron and stuff like that they don't do it as much as they used to but back in the day when they were sort of right like they've been you know, had had all their time filled up by this ABK thing, but you know, Xbox like they're they're on Twitter all the time talking to random people. You never see like competitor competitor companies do that kind of thing. You never see Apple on Twitter talking to random people. You see, see nope. you ever imagine that? It just wouldn't happen. So, um, so yeah, they invited me out to the show, and um, I, we had the people. They invited me and a bunch of other people. There was um, Trisha Hirschberger was there, um. She's a tech YouTuber and she's, you know, she's still, she's, she's a big deal, you know, but there was like, so there was photographers there, like Instagram bloggers. There was like, just a load of random sort of smaller techie kind of bloggers. Um, Rich Woods was there, runs XDA developers, shout out to him. You know, and again, he was, he was also an up and cover back then. And now he's editor in chief of XDA developers, which is a huge tech website. And, um, nice. and, uh, we, we all went to this thing and we, I had this exclusive interview with, uh, Nokia VP of marketing, and I um I wrote that up instead of go because that the, the influence we were co- we we're kind of being corralled as influencers like okay now you meet this person now you meet this person now we're gonna go for dinner and, and now we're gonna go to the beach and stuff, but uh, you could see from my complexion I don't do that well at the beach. <laughs> no, I, I I sort of like when I when I stepped out of a car in Los Angeles, I just felt like itching all over my body and I was like oh my god I'm having an allergic reaction. And then I realized it was the sunlight burning me in real time. 
know? I was like, oh my god, I'm burning. You know, so um instead of going Looking to the beach in Barcelona, yeah, I, I am very, very pale. My girlfriend's always mocking me about it. But um instead of going to the beach, I went to I went to my hotel room and wrote up this interview. Because I was like, I'm gonna be the first person to post on Twitter and Reddit, and I'm gonna beat Windows Central. It was called Windows Phone Central at the time. So I did. Yeah. I, I ran. I, I ran to the hotel room. I wrote up this interview, and I slammed it on Reddit, and it went straight to the top of Reddit. Windows Phone subreddit was actually used back then. It's very, very dead now, unfortunately. God rest its soul. And um, and then not an hour later, I get a Skype message from Daniel Rubino, who's the editor in chief of Windows Central, to this day. And he's like, we want to offer you a job, you know, come and write for us instead, rather than compete with uh, Windows and um, with Xbox Mad or whatever we were called back then. I think we rebranded the ICXM at one point, but but yeah, um, I think he dropped the phone, man. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe it, you know, because um, really, just right there, just, just minimum, just right there in Barcelona on on Skype, and um, I was just like, you know. I was cheering and stuff in the hotel room because I, I was just kind of like, this is, you know, a ticket out of minimum wage work potentially for me. Um, okay. And it has been, you know, it's been amazing ever since. I've done all kinds of stuff I never would have thought of, never would have dreamed of, you know, flying to LA, to E3, Gamescom, and, um, you know, and uh, going to Redmond in Seattle, H- HQ, and all that kind of stuff. It's just been like a, a dream. It's been a roller coaster, man. So. That's pretty much how it all went down. And now, now I'm I right. love hearing your story because um, when I was young, I remember someone said to me, your life is not predetermined. It's not predetermined by the your, your parents, their past or who they are. You make of life what you want it to be. And so I love hearing your background and seeing where you are now. That's that's pretty amazing. That That it's, is pretty dope. It's definitely true, like when, and because one of the things I've been doing when I've been working for Windows Central is like recruiting people, and oftentimes I just I just know people in from you know from who have been in similar situations to me where they just don't believe they could do something like this or they don't believe they could, you know, um, move beyond a minimum wage job or they get sort of trapped in a mindset like that they can't escape that kind of work and when you actually give give people opportunities and give people social mobility not not to get too you know political with it but you never know who could achieve things who just believes that they can't you know they, the next yes. einstein might be out there just you know in in their bedroom right now and because no one's ever believed in them or or given them an opportunity in the what for whatever reason um People get stuck in that mindset, and I was definitely stuck in that mindset. But, yeah, that, that's so dope. Because I mean, even like, oh, uh, what was it? Our second guest was King David, and he came on here. And one of the things he said that really stuck with me that I remembered, where we we had talked, like he was talking about like Joe Rogan and all these other big podcasts, like how he aspires Iron Lords to kind of grow to those levels over time. And you know, he had mentioned that the the thing that separates him. And them is opportunity. You know, if if you have if if he had with his skill set and his ability, if he had the same opportunities, he would be at that same level or beyond. And that's really what it is, kind of taking advantage of of opportunities as they arise and and being open to them, which is a which is a big part of it. Cause just you could you could have 
that mentality and be closed off to the rest of the world because of it. Yes. Right. Not open to growing, not open to doing, because it does require hard work, right? Like it's not just, it's not a charity, right? It's you're given an opportunity and then you got to work hard to do it. And some people can take that opportunity and squander it because they don't want to work hard or do what they have to do to exactly. make it happen. So it's impressive. It is, it's definitely true. You know, yeah, it, it's, you're definitely right that like some people do get opportunities and then don't do anything with it. Um, you know, I, and some people, some people also resist opportunities. And one of my colleagues who I know is watching this show right now, I was telling him for years, literally years, you know, you should stop stacking shelves and you should come and do a tryout right in for Windows Central. And they wouldn't do it for years. And they're watching the show right now. I know they are. And now that they're doing it, they're probably going to advance further in the company than me, you know, because nice. they, they are, they are a grafter and they are a grinder and, and, um, they're, they're really good with facts and figures and databases and all that kind of stuff that I'm just not good at. Um, and, uh, you know, that little bit, sometimes some people just need a push, you know, but like not everyone has someone to push them. And not everyone has the opportunity. And I think the world would be a better place if more people were given that sort of push and that opportunity. And that's why I've been very fortunate and very lucky with my opportunities. And that's why like, I try and push that on other people as well. Because there's so many people that I meet who are just, I know that I know they could do what I do or do do what Rand does. You know, Rand's Rand's got a hundred K subscribers now. And I remember when back when, you know, with a 10 K or less than that. And um, yeah, I've got five almost five K on YouTube now and I don't try, but I I know that if I did try, I could make something of it. It's just me sort of like not having time or whatever. But anyone can make a YouTube channel. Anyone can make a YouTube channel that Anyone can learn video editing. The, the, the tools to do this stuff are all over the internet and they're free. You know, anyone can program a video game. The tools are there and they're free. You can download unity for free, you know, and you can learn to program for free with YouTube. If you just have the kind of the willpower to see it through, I guess. Um, and then Absolutely. if you grind, sometimes the opportunities just, they come to you, man. They come to you. I love your mentality. I love that you push your friends and you're able to see what's so special about them and kind of encourage them into doing what they don't believe themselves they can do. So that's that's really, really nice. Yeah, that, it's a great thing to be willing to kind of give that push because, you know, some people will look at that and look past them and say, you know what, you don't have what it takes because you're not motivated or you're not doing this. Where, you know, it takes somebody to give a crap to to push somebody to kind of get out of their comfort level like their comfort zone right which is where a lot of people like to stay um and try to get them to do that so it's it's admirable that you're out there going ahead and and doing that and that's probably what led you to go from you you did start at windows central but now i mean you you have advanced in the company you became a, what a managing editor yes yeah i'm i'm managing editor right now but you know it's 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 you got careers go through sort of these phases, right? Where you know you, you sort of sometimes you want to change things up. You know, I became a managing editor here, not necessarily because I was seeking to be one. Like last, last, um, last about a year ago now, a rival publisher poached a bunch of our staff, 
and there was just no one to do the role. So I kind of like stepped up because it was just like, I know, I know it. And I went, hey, more money's great too, right? But yeah, yeah, um, sure. yeah, I also like, I don't like being a manager really, you know? Um, so, and I like creating content. And I think it's like, it's completely fine as well. Like if you, if you enjoy what you're doing, I think more so the money or success or fame, you've got to enjoy what you're doing. So even like being a manager is like a higher pay grade. I think I was enjoying myself more when I was just a writer, honestly, because I like creating content and I like getting out there and, you know, engaging the audience stuff. I don't like spreadsheets. I don't like meetings. <laughs> I have so many meetings now. And that's why like, I, I, that's why I delayed the podcast here a little bit because that's like okay. I was trying to, I was trying to write something and I've, it's so hard to find time to just write these days when like I'm dealing with all managerial stuff, you know? So happiness has to be number one as well. I'm, I'm more, I'm almost more saying this to myself right now. Um, but, but yeah, I, th I think like a lot of people would, um, a lot of people who deserve more, just need a little push and a little, a little opportunity in there. And I wish, I wish I had the means to do more for people like that, but, you know, you know, all the billionaires need, you know, Elon Musk needs another gold toilet and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Bill Gates well, needs another the, yacht. The, the people you have been able to touch and help with that, uh, I think, is, is a great thing, man. It's a great thing. And that's uh, it's a wonderful place where we can do that in this world because so many people, like you said, they're so caught up with just themselves. Um, especially, you know, we know how the rich tend to get richer. And then everybody else kind of has to figure it out. So, um, absolutely. Baby Doodle, you want to go ahead and ask um, the next So, question? you've been playing games for a really long time. How do you view gaming now versus when you first started playing? Man, honestly, exactly the same way. Like, I, and one, one thing I get worried about as I get older is that, like, I'll become sort of jaded and bitter towards the new generation and stuff like I, I i often i often use my cousin as a, as an example in this because they're they're gen z or whatever and gaming for them is like free to play genshin impact you know uh microtransactions don't have to don't have to buy the game up front that kind of thing and i've got an, another my friend's son you know obsessed with roblox free to play again um these are these are kind of games that I would just sort of, I would never, I just don't like them. You know, I've tried, I've tried Genshin Impact and it just, it just feels like a really shallow kind of game to me, but, um, people play games for all sorts of different reasons, you know, and the cool thing about gaming is that it is for everyone. And there, there are games of all shapes and sizes for everyone. And I think like one, sometimes people sort of, people of a certain age, um, you know, who grew up in the 90s, maybe. There's a lot of nostalgia for the way things used to be. There's a lot of nostalgia for physical media. There's a lot of nostalgia for, you know, old school kind of games and stuff like that. And I think, like, I, I have some of that nostalgia as well, but I don't let it sort of detract from the good stuff that is there right now. Because there is so much just good stuff. You know, Baldur's Gate yeah. 3 is as old school as you can get. And that absolutely blew up this year. And that, that's kind of encouraging that 
there is still a market for these traditional kind of experiences that I enjoy and that, you know, people, people from my generation enjoy, but there's still plenty of stuff for younger gamers too, like Among Us, like Among Us has probably brought more kids into gaming than any of the games that we've been playing this year from like the, the hardcore right. perspective, you know, Among Us on iPad is, is going to be the Mario for, for a lot of kids, you know, or Minecraft on iPad. He's kind of like the Mario or the Sonic for what Mario and Sonic did for people my age and, you know, and, and beyond kind of stuff. So I'm kind of like, I'm just kind of still appreciating it all for what it is, you know. I'm yeah. sort of, I'm not worried about the future. I'm not worried about um, paradigm shifting. I'm not worried about subscription services. And there's a lot, of, there's a lot of, seems to be a lot of worry and fear amongst certain content creators, but I'm not worried. I'm having a blast, man. I've been playing Diablo <laughs> 4 today, loving the new season. I can't nice. wait for the next Monster to, co to come out. Looking forward to BlizzCon, where they're going to talk about the next World of Warcraft expansion, maybe. World of Warcraft's been going for 20 years, for God's sake. You know, and it hasn't really vastly changed its formula really in, in the last 20 years and people still play, you know, so I'm just grateful for the experiences and, you know, I don't, I don't get upset or twisted about like platform wars or does, is, is this pixel in the right place or is this glitch occurring and stuff like that. I'm just so grateful that there, there are like thousands of developers and artists and programmers and, and all the other developers that works on games that sort of come together to build these experiences that are just so relaxing and important and intrinsic to my my life i guess so i guess the and it's a roundabout way of saying that the way i feel about gaming is more positively than ever and i just really i'm just really grateful really just grateful for gaming super grateful so some people love playing games for the fun of it some people love playing games because if they get a little overwhelmed they it's kind of like a stress relief um how how do you connect to gaming in that way i think yeah like stress relief is a good one escapism is another one you know i love i love how my brain kind of turns off when i'm playing a game like diablo or something like that and instead of thinking about work or what I've got to do and you know, the, the grind and the, the deadlines and, and the stress and, you know, not, not that I, you know, I have a very, very good job overall, but there are the sort of like periods of stress and juggling and, um, working hard and stuff like that. And it's just so nice and almost meditative for certain games where you just get on Diablo is a great one for this and just kill thousands and thousands of demons without really thinking too much about it. That's the kind of experience I often like. Um, but there's, you know, sometimes I'll be in the mood for, you know, I want to be immersed in a great story. I, I've, honestly, it's, it's, it's rare that I have time to really sit down and get into a story driven game these days. Cause at least like Diablo, you can play it in like 20 minute chunks here and there, but like, um, I'm hoping that, like, you know, I get some time to put into Alan Wake 2 because I love the original and um, some of the other story games that are, that are in my backlog that I haven't managed to play yet, like Star Wars that came out this year, for example. Still haven't managed to play that. Rand always trolls me for not having completed Persona yet. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy VII Requiem next year. Not Requiem, Rebirth, sorry. 
Um, I was thinking of Plague Tower Requiems again, but yep, yep. I haven't completed either. Um, Are you going to finish that one either? Best. Hmm? You didn't finish that one either? Plague Tower is no, good, man. man. <laughs> I've I, my backlog is just crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy, and part of that's the job, you know, having to switch from game to game and you know move from one game to the other. I haven't played a game for me for a really long time, except like service games where like you could just play for twenty minutes, like actually yeah. sit there and have a long session in a, in a story based game. I haven't done that for so long, and sometimes what I do is like I claim the review on my team. I'm gonna review this. When really it's just I want to play for myself. Starfield was one of those games. I only reviewed Starfield because I wanted to play it as a you know a proper game experience. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I just love games, man. All games except for sports games. I don't like sports games or racing no, games. All sports games. No, I'm not knowing sports. But... Oh man. I get so, that. I don't. I don't see myself getting into that. See, money you have, like you play the uh, Madden and NBA. Like you enjoy those type I, yeah, of games a bit. I dabble. I dabble in yeah. it. Um, I'll. I normally, like for me, a long time, like in my mind, graphically, those games used to kind of push things for me. Like NBA 2K, I always wanted to see what they did with the next one graphically. I played for a little while, but I think I've kind of grown. It's, it's weird. It's not like if you're into it, you're not grown. I'm saying like I've kind of grown out of the idea of playing sports games. I don't know. I just don't have the uh, the desire or the knowledge of them, right? Like I don't follow sports like that, so it's kind of weird to to go ahead and <laughs> to play them. I guess. Um. All right. So let me ask you this, because obviously, especially for you, I think this would be um very relevant because you you have a huge like social presence, right? Like it's pretty much aside from being on, you know, doing your actual job, you know, it's almost like Twitter's right there or X is right there, right? Like constantly um, engaging and doing things like that. So when you were kind of first coming in and kind of, you know, building your brand and your channel with, uh, with Rand and things like that, I mean, do you, do you recall ever having to deal with like criticism or while doing it? Or did you ever feel like you at any point, did you ever feel like a, like a failure while you were trying to build, whether the channel, your brand, or even with the, oh, yeah, you definitely. know, doing... yeah, yeah, I, I get, I got loads of haters, man. Like I get criticized all the time and I'm really block heavy on Twitter. Like I'm notorious for blocking people and that'll be people saying, Oh, you can't take criticism and stuff like that. But, so, so oftentimes I just feel like the criticism's in, in bad faith or it's like they're misrepresenting the facts. And when it's criticism like that, I just it just doesn't affect me at all. It's um it's when like the criticism's actually thoughtful and it actually like is valid that it can sort of like make you pause and stuff like that. Um you know, uh one one thing that um really did affect me last year was um being told that obsidian had blacklisted me uh for leaking pentamon oh, wow. and uh finding out yep. josh sawyer blocked me on twitter because i'm a big josh sawyer fan i love obsidian's games and i love obsidian but i leaked pentamon and i leaked an art asset from pentamon about six months before they announced it or something like that 
And um, it was during like during a period where me and Jeff Grubb were kind of going back and forth on oh, I remember. like he was it, it was like leaking remember. something almost weekly. And I was like, man, I gotta I, I don't know why. I just I just got into my head that if I didn't compete, that I was gonna be relevant or something. And um and you know, it, it wasn't on and uh Cause I just, I just, I just really got into this mindset. Like I, I have to stay relevant and stuff. And it was completely my own fault because, you know, people still read, even without the leaks, you know, I can post like all the exclusives or whatever. I can still post analytical pieces or opinion pieces or just general news. And it's not like the traffic's any worse necessarily, but I just really got into my head with all that stuff. And I really stressed myself out. So like I sort of I guess they felt like I overstepped the mark or something, um, and I'd leaked a bunch of stuff. And it wasn't just it wasn't just uh, Obsidian that I'd upset. It's like when I went to um, I went to Gamescom and I sort of faced with uh, I was faced with a bunch of devs whose games that I'd leaked prematurely, and you could just see in their faces like that how unhappy they were with it, you know. Yeah. And on part of me is kind of like, that's the job, man. That's the job, and like you just have to accept that people won't be happy with you doing that kind of thing. You know, that's yeah. the way. The, that's the way press is. You know, you you get information and then you share it. You know, um, and you give people an inside look about the hobby they're really passionate in. And but it still, it still just doesn't feel good, though. You know, it, it's still, it's yeah. it's still regretful, and I don't want to be hated by anyone. You know, at the end of the day. I don't, especially not game developers who, who I just r relentlessly respect and admire and stuff. And I feel like genuinely guilty that and almost like parasitic that you're there sort of, yeah. you're writing about their work because you can't make games yourself kind of thing. Um, so yeah, there's regrets and, um, you know, and sometimes like google's algorithm can arbitrarily hit your site really hard and that sucks too and then sometimes google's algorithm can arbitrarily give you a boost which does sometimes as well you know it's and yeah. you just kind of like have to try and take the good with the bad try and learn from it and turn every negative into a positive by making it a learning experience if you can or else you just get mad you just go crazy if you sort of if you're a content creator in any kind of space at any kind of level. And I know I've got like hundred thousand followers on Twitter now, um, but I don't think any differently towards Twitter than I did since I had five thousand followers or one thousand followers or whatever. I try to like my my number one rule is to hundred percent be real all the time, because if you try and lie, people will find out, man. People, the truth always comes out, and you see, you see, influencers or content creators constantly get caught out by this. They have to release apology videos and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, which is why, like, I get on. I, it's my rule, man. It's why I get on Twitter and I'm drunk, you know. And I'm just like, I'm real. <laughs> this is I mean, this is my entire real personality. And if I'm 100 percent real, then I can't get caught out, you know. I kind of feel like. Um, uh, uh, yeah it's it's weird man it's it's still weird because even though like i got a hundred thousand or the next person's got a hundred thousand or the next person like there's that then you're looking at that person who's got a million followers you know and the, and the people with a million followers are probably looking at the person who's got 10 million followers and you know the the youtube ran ran just hit a hundred thousand subscribers on twitter 
and it's just like oh, on Twitter too. Like, uh, I mean on YouTube. Oh, on YouTube. Yep, yep. Yeah, on YouTube, and it's and it's like you know now now it's it'd be a, I know Rand would be asking himself what why haven't I got like I'm not good in, am I good enough to get two hundred thousand? And he always that he always downplays himself and plays himself down and stuff like that. And when we made the Patreon, it was like we were talking to each other and we were saying like it'd be cool if like ten people signed up, you know. Didn't know we get like 300, 400 people sign up. Oh um, wow, that's awesome! So, yeah, so it's it's very important to remember where you started, you know, so you can really appreciate so where you important. are, and and just keep moving forward without ch- trying not to compare yourself to to others because it can really get to you. Definitely, you know, and what one one I won't say who it is, but um, a YouTube creator that I really like. Who's not? He's not in gaming. It's a different. It's a different content space. But I'm kind of watching him go through these motions now, where he's like, he's become jaded towards it. He's like, he's got like 1.5 million subscribers now, and he's kind of, he's got, he's become arrogant. You know, he's become arrogant mm. for for one, for lack of a better word. I'm, I'm not being like super judgmental or anything, but he he himself would say this kind of stuff that he's become arrogant and he doesn't care as much as he used to, and that kind of. I kind of like, I never want to be in that place where it's like I've stopped appreciating what I've got. I think it's, it's just really important, you know, to not, to remember where you came from. And I will say that the Xbox community is kind of really cool for this because we all support each other. We all grew together. Like Absolutely. all these dudes, like Rand and Colt and Tim Dog and, you know, we all, we all grew together on this platform. Like we, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Oh, it was Xbox One. The Xbox One launch was so terrible that everyone, like all the a bunch of Xbox fans, all came together on Twitter at the same time to be like, actually, we still like Xbox despite all this. And it's that kind of core community that's sort of still thriving to this day. And I think that too helps keep things into perspective. Um, but yeah, you're totally right. You gotta remember where you came from. Yeah, I think the people who who did, you know, start from the bottom, right, kind of really appreciate it more because like, you feel some of these people they kind of lose sight of that. But also, some of these people may not have started at the bottom. You know, <laughs> maybe somebody gets a, a little head start. They're not. They don't know what it is to not have. You know, which is which is hard, especially when you got kids and stuff. You know, where like we grew up not having so we understand what it is to have and to and to have more whereas like the kids they're just they just know having right so it's like <laughs> like how do you how do you it, like in like put hustle into them you know what i'm saying like they don't they don't know what that means or how, how that feels to need to hustle to get something that you actually want or to get yourself out of a situation you don't want to be in, right? It's it's such a conflicting thing because that's what you want them to that's where you want them to be, right? That's like you don't so want them for. to experience <laughs> yes, you don't want them to experience that want or need or of something and not being able to get it, but then, you know, that hustle they're not like it's not like ingrained in them, you know? Yeah. I I mean, what my me and my girlfriend sometimes talk about having kids like and <laughs> I'm just like man I, I I just kind of that's another thing I worry that I'll be a terrible parent you know 
You have a beautiful heart and we've just been talking for about 40 something minutes and I can see that. And I'm sure your girlfriend does too because you guys are together. So you guys are going to be amazing parents and those (laughs) beautiful children that you guys have one day are going to be so blessed to have you both. I really appreciate you saying that, but it just, it just, it just kind of made me think because you were saying like, how, how do you, how do you instill the sort of the, the values that because we're, we're all a product of our upbringing in some way or another right which is why another another reason why like sometimes i don't i don't get so when someone comes someone fully toxic comes at me on twitter or in dm or something like that i just you just know that that person is just a happy person doesn't behave like that you know and a person who's had like a well-adjusted upbringing or has a stable home life or whatever, they don't they don't behave like that, you know. Um, which is why I don't I don't get mad about it. I almost just feel bad sad about it, you know. Yeah. But but yeah. It's interesting. I feel that. So we know how busy you are with wait, wait, real quick, real quick. Hold on. Before before we do the next question, I do want to ask because I do feel like though Right, we, we talked about leaks for a little bit, right? And we were talking about what was going on. I do feel like since that time, the leaks have slowed. Now, I don't know yes. if that's because they're tightening up or because, you know, something is changing. Do you feel like you, do you, do you feel like you're getting less leaks in general or do you feel like you're choosing not to share as many leaks as you once did or do you feel i guess my i guess my real question is do you feel like that moment when you found out that josh Sawyer blocked you and and obsidian were pissed at you and things like that did that affect how often you do it or anything like that i i like i i just accepted the fact that if I leak stuff, people are going to get mad about it. And Josh Sawyer blocking me and Obsidian blacklisting me or whatever, that has not affected how I approach covering stuff. If I have information, you know, if I get information in and the source has said, I'm okay with to share for you to share this or whatever, I'll do it. Because at the end of the day, I got a family support. I got a brand to grow. My responsibility is to grow Windows Central and at the end of the day, the only thing I really care about is my family and making sure that they have, you know, a comfortable life. You know, my parents don't have the best pension in the world and they're not getting any younger. And, um, you know, I've got, um, you know, other dependents in my life that I, I sort of constantly remind myself that a lot of the stress I take on or whatever is because I want to make sure that there's money in the bank if everything goes wrong and i'm sorry but leaking a game while it might be annoying is not going to affect someone's bottom line it's not going to affect someone's salary it's not going to affect the sales of the game if if anything in my view it probably might help drive hype for the game so um but when it when it's like yeah i've got to look out for number one so that doesn't affect anything with regards to where, where, whether or not I cover something. Um, obviously, if a source says, we don't, I'm telling you this, but don't want to share it just yet, I respect that as well. 
you know, because it's their information at the end of the day, but they wanted to share it anyway, whatever. But I will say, yeah, Xbox has definitely gotten better at Titan security. They've <laughs> <Yes. laughs> got a lot better at Titan security. Um, you know, um, I don't know necessarily. I know they've been putting a lot of effort in to tighten up their electronic security, which was a source of a lot of leaks, you know, and, and it wasn't necessarily like um, their, their systems are, uh, have poor security. It's more like data handling policies that led to a lot of leaks, like links not being tightened up or links being shared in the wrong place. Like, for example, I'll tell you, la- last year I leaked the developer direct uh, in January. That was because someone at Microsoft had invited me to a calor- calendar event by accident. <laughs> and that had like all... Shit. Yeah, it was dumb. Like, it had all the information on there. And I was thinking, like, if they've invited me to this calendar link, they've, they've, maybe they've invited Jeff Grubb, or maybe they've invited Tom Warren at The Verge, you know? Who else have they invited to this calendar link? That kind of made me think, well, I've got to publish this now. Because we knew there was an event coming. Um, or people had teased it, or people had heard about it. And then someone at Microsoft added me to a calendar event. And I couldn't see any of the other attendees. So I had no idea if um, who else this had potentially gone out to. Who else was going to do it first? Yeah. And um, so... It was, it was, well, in fact, it wasn't someone at Microsoft. It was like a part, it was like a PR firm partner with Microsoft or something. I can't remember. But I just, it was just, it was just weird, man. And I was just like, I've got to post this now. And I know, I know there's people at Microsoft who are still mad, mad about me, mad at me for that to this day. But it's just like, this was your mistake at the end of the yeah. day. Um, and true. we saw, we saw Microsoft made the mistake again recently. They published their plans for the next five. They published all the 2020 documents. <laughs> so 2030, that was a beautiful kind of week. So yeah, so like that, it's that kind of data handling that led to a lot of my coverage. You know, the fact that I'm just keeping an eye out all the time and I know where to look, or people I know know where to look for documents and and data and files and links that have been handled poorly. They've gotten a lot better at it in recent years. They've gotten a lot better at it, um, which is why I think some of the, the game publishing leaks have slowed down to some degree. But um, you know, it's it's not all about leaks. You know, it's, sometimes it's just about like producing good content and framing things and knowing people and people at Xbox who do help me sort of understand the business. I didn't know anything about the game industry before. I didn't know anything about money or uh, budgets and that kind of stuff. But people, at X, some people at Xbox have been kind enough to sort of frame this stuff for me and help me understand the wider business and stuff like that. And then I share that information more broadly in a digestible format, I guess. And um, yeah, the leaks have definitely slowed down, I think. But that's not in, yeah. that's not by any sort of, that's not by policy. Not on my end, anyway. Yeah, because I, I mean, I haven't seen anything. I mean, they there were headlines all the time. We were constantly getting, and we haven't seen anything from like Grub either. So, I guess it's just it's just the way it is. I, I will say it's funny that they do get pissed at the fact that you leaked it, but like you didn't leak it, right? Like it was leaked to you, exactly. and then you just did your job, right? And like that's kind of a weird thing because like what they really need to do is just be pissed at who didn't 
handle the security properly or who they have who went out there saying things that they shouldn't have been saying. Um, that's like me, you know, growing up in the hood, you know, I had, I don't know if you remember, you know, I had a stereo in my car and I had the faceplate. You remember that you, there was a faceplate on the stereo. All right. Well, I'm from Jersey. So you, you have your car, you have your stereo, and then there's a faceplate that you take off the faceplate of your stereo because without the faceplate, yeah. the stereo is yeah. useless. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember. I yeah. you mean, so yeah. you get home, right? You pull in, you're parking on the street or whatever. You take the faceplate off and you go home because you know that if you leave the faceplate, chances are Someone's it's not going to be pretty. Car, yeah. And let me tell you, got home super late one night, may have been out having a little good time much fun and then <laughs> get into the house go to bed immediately somehow and then open my eyes immediately and it's morning and i said welp that shit is gone <laughs> and then i got up looked out my window because i knew exactly where to park so that i can see my car from the window and lo and behold broken glass stolen stereo all right so more of the story is, if you know people are ready to take your information, <laughs> be careful how you have your information, right? If it's if it's leakable, it's going to get leaked. Yeah, I get that. So plug it. <laughs> so you've mentioned... I mean, some... And... It's, yeah, so it's, it's not all developers. Like, some developers, they, they, they agree that the leaks improve the hype cycle for a game, you know? And you, you will see sometimes tech companies, I've never heard of a controlled leak coming out of the game industry because they are so weirdly secretive. They don't want you to see things in development before like every pixel has been counted or whatever. But like you see tech companies often leak their own stuff. Like Google, Google's famous for it, leaving a random pixel phone in a, in a bar or something. Um, the, this has happened too many times for it to have been not, not, engineered so to speak you know so that way about leaks sometimes they're just too convenient yeah sometimes it feels like that i've never had a controlled leak myself you know some, sometimes like microsoft will, will give you an exclusive um you know they, they when when they canceled scalebound they they told us an ign only us an ign um to to share that information um and that was great. That to this day is one of my most popular articles ever. <laughs> Negative nice. Microsoft news. Um, but but yeah, I've never I've never heard of a controlled leak ever. Uh, seriously, I just never heard of that ever in this business. Um, maybe it does happen, but it doesn't happen at my level. But I I don't no think a lot of hmm? nobody's giving you a controlled leak for no not yet yeah not yet. Yeah. I'll take them though. You want to slide <laughs> to my DM? Send them over. <laughs> I tell Simone all the time that I wish there was more balance between like a professional life and a personal life so that we can, I feel like we work so hard and then there's so little time to enjoy things like how you were mentioning, like playing video games and stuff like that. So how do you balance your personal and your professional life? And do you have any tips or tricks for balancing stress or maintaining your mental health? God, no. 
I'm terrible at it. In fact, if anyone's got any tips, again, slide into my DM. Uh, well, the, 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 honest, the honest answer is no, I, I don't. I don't balance it at all. I'm actually really bad at it. Um, you know, and I work all the time. I'm always connected to everything. Like, I went to Iceland over the summer. That was the first ever vacation I've had okay. abroad. Yeah, I've I've never been abroad for vacation before. I've never spent that much money on a vacation in my life. Um, my girlfriend's family are quite well off, so to her it's completely normal. But to me, I'm just constantly thinking like, "Oh my god, this is so expensive! Oh my god, this is so expensive!" So you have that sort of mindset, right? Um, but like when I went there, I uninstalled Slack off my phone, Microsoft, which is similar to Microsoft Teams, and uninstalled. Um, I didn't uninstall Twitter. I'm addicted to it, but I very I stopped. I turned off the notifications and you know I I re and turned off my email and uninstalled all that kind of stuff. So I really tried to unplug, but um, but the thing is, as soon as I landed, I opened my phone and I opened Twitter, and it's like Microsoft has leaked all of its plans for 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 the future, <laughs> with, with the new Xbox and new, new all this. So instantly, I'm like, oh my god. I'm trying to I'm trying to de-stress it and unwind and Microsoft's dropped all this information and then then I'm re scrambling reinstall Slack, making sure my team was doing it all. It was fine. And I probably could have just ignored it, but it did it did sort of wind me up again, you know. So um I'm really bad at it. I'm terrible at it, and I'm not someone to ask for advice on that topic. <laughs> That's the honest answer. I appreciate that. Yeah, nah, that's that's wild. I didn't see the pictures though. It looked like a beautiful place, man. Isn't that where uh, Hellblade is? Like they, that's where they did it in Iceland. They took all yeah. the pictures, like Hellblade Two, the new one. That game yeah, looks amazing. Um, so, like, Senua is a, a Pict, which means she's from a, a culture that inhabited the very northern edge of Scotland and the islands north of Scotland. And we don't know fully what the story or plot of of Hellblade 2 is necessarily, but in ancient times, they believed that Hecla, the mountain volcano that's in the trailer, they believed that was a gateway to hell. And since, you know, Hellblade follows the the mythos of the era, being the, you know, the the Viking gods and all that kind of stuff, Maybe it does seem like they go across the sea and they end up in Iceland. So we'll, it's a very interesting premise. We'll have to see how much it, how close it follows the history because I know all about Iceland's history now, having been there and done a lot of tours. But it's very, very, it's a beautiful, it's so beautiful, man. It's, it's like, it's like, uh, I've never, it's so alien, it's so alien. Like there's no yeah. trees, all lava, rocks, moss. Growing on the rocks, it's so strange. No, it's like very strange. Towns? There's no trees or anything like that. I mean, there's there's trees planted around, but like you'll drive for miles and miles, and it's just moss-covered volcanic rock for like miles and miles and miles. They had um, they had really bad soil erosion, and when the Vikings came and settled it, they chopped down a lot of the trees to to build stuff, and then the soil because the wind's so bad. And the the weather's so bad, the soil literally just blew away. You can just you can see it driving around like there's literally just barren rock where there's no topsoil left, and there's no there's nowhere for the trees to anchor and grow. They're trying they're trying to fix it, you know, now, but it's it's been it's been like that for hundreds of years. It's sort of 
volcanic alien world you know it's it's a very strange place but it's incredibly beautiful and raw and i loved it it was really cool yeah i was definitely looking at the the pictures you were posting and stuff i was like man that's nice because nice i wonder how like like how did the air feel you know like the, the you know sometimes it just hits different depending on where you are like it was it did, did the air feel any different for you or or like when you breathe um, it in did it feel different it felt it's similar to the north of england it, 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 similar to similar to england cold and biting and um because it's obviously it's in the ocean but it didn't it's weird it didn't the air didn't smell like salty like it's the salty sea I don't know if that's the temperature or something, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yes. It's not like when I went to when I went to Vancouver in, in Canada, the air there was so different because of all the trees. I think it's like so abundant. I've never seen somewhere with so many trees in my life when I since I went to um, Vancouver. But um, the the weirdest thing about Iceland was the prices, man. It's the prices. It's like eight dollars for a bottle of cola. <laughs> it's wild because they, they they import everything, and then the minimum wage is really high. So like, everything's just really really expensive. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it was crazy crazy, but awesome. See, money trying to get back in. I think he had a little technical difficulty. He was asking technical if we could hear him, but. It is. It's still live, right? Let's see. No, it froze completely. Oh, no. There we go. I think we're still on. Oh, I can hear them. Okay, good. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Um, so, Jess, let me ask you. Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently when starting your channel? In building hmm. your career and your brand. Hmm, that's a good question. I honestly don't know. I don't think I would do anything differently, really. I kind of wish, like, I'd turn the other cheek sometimes when it came to disagreements. And, like, uh, instead of getting all, you know, angry with people when they're sort of being trolly or whatever, and because I've had a lot of disagreements on Twitter over the years and then resolved them and actually found like, oh, hey, actually, this person's really cool. And <laughs> rather than rather than just like instantly, I wish I, I guess I wish I was a bit less defensive, I suppose, because like a lot of, a lot of like Tony Polanco and John Linneman and a few other people that I'm good friends with now, those friendships started with arguments unnecessarily or disagreements or misunderstanding. So I kind of wish like maybe I was a little less defensive, but um, in terms of how I've actually gone about it, um, I don't know. I don't know if I change anything. I suppose the one, the one piece of advice I give to people, if you are joining a startup, <laughs> if you're joining a small website that's growing and make sure you get some equity in that firm, because when the company sells and you don't get a penny, that's going to hurt. That is gonna like when Windows Windows Central, we used to be an independent company owned by a couple of people who'd been growing a platform since their college years. And like I joined Windows Central and 
like a bunch of people, we were we were convinced we were growing up this company. We were going to compete with Ziff Davis and stuff like that. But eventually, they just sold the company to a bigger bigger publisher. And no equity yeah. means you don't get no money. You don't get no payout. So yeah, if you join a startup, you know one of these smaller blogs or these smaller websites, get some equity. That's the only thing I would say is is the thing I'd change. But other than that, no, I'm super happy, super privileged, and no. Do you it's, feel it's like awesome. maybe starting these friend what led to friendships kind of made them stronger friendships because you got out of the way maybe the the misunderstandings or the mishappens or anything that could have bothered you later on? What do you, sorry, can you repeat that again? Do you feel that with, you know, the friends that you've made that where it didn't start off so smooth? Maybe by you being a bit more defensive about things, right? Do you feel mm -hmm. like maybe it made the friendship stronger going through those little things in the beginning? Like now? Actually, it's, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe that's probably a good way of putting it. I mean, it's it's certainly possible, you know. I suppose, like, if again, it, it comes down to like showing your real self, I guess. Because like the the that defensiveness is something real I was feeling, you know. Yeah. If I, if I was sort of like trying to hide it or whatever. I kind of feel suppressed, like right. Yes, it's suppressed, and I'm just not very good at lying. I guess so. Like yeah. people can tell if I'm sort of. I think it comes across when I try and lie. It comes across as sneaky. I think. So I usually just sort of, or at least this is what I've told myself, or this is my perception. It comes across as sneaky or something, and I'm just not very good at it. So I just tell people what I'm thinking. Yeah, and it causes me all kinds of problems at work, <laughs> and relationships, you know, and friendships and stuff like that, but. I mean, I don't know. Got to be real, I guess. Honesty is important, you know. Yeah, it's 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 so much better when you can, um, especially if you can't like lie. just. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you just kind of keep it one hundred. Like that's where we are. Like that's kind of where we've been. Like the way we are is like this is when we're here. This is us. When we get off the camera, this is us. Like we it's very difficult for us to pretend to be something else or like to put on a show per se, you know? Um, so that's, that's the best thing, man. Be, be yourself, be real. Keeps you out of trouble. That's what I say. Agreed. Um, all right. Well, let me ask you this, Jez, what is something that you are passionate about, but most people don't know? Hmm. There's a few things actually. Um, I'm really passionate about. Um, I'm really passionate about dinosaurs and paleontology. Oh. So when I was a kid, I really wanted to be a paleontologist. <laughs> and I really wanted to dig up dig up dinosaurs because every kid loves Jurassic Park, right? But Britain is like a really great place for digging up random fossils. For some reason, um, there's like ammonites and trilobites everywhere, every every coast almost. Um, there's these big sort of fossil beds where just billions, trillions of these, you know, sea creatures, you know, met their end, I guess. And I we used to go to these beaches as kids and, and sort of, you know, chisel up some fossils and stuff. And I was just like, man, I'd love to like go to Texas or wherever and or the Grand Canyon and find like a new dinosaur or something. I was, so I was really into that stuff as a kid. There's a bunch of 
YouTube channels that I frequently watch about this stuff. I also really like uh, cryptozoology and UFOs and aliens. <laughs> so stuff like right. your Bigfoot, your Loch Ness monster, and and stuff like that. And I, I don't, I don't really believe in any of it. But like again, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with UFOs and aliens and and, and Loch Ness monster and stuff. And it, it came from like I really loved the X Files as a kid, so I think it came from that maybe. But like I used to, I used to record all the UFO documentaries off TV on VHS and like keep them in my room, like in in order. Like these oh, are my so secret cool. files, you know. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm always like I'm always looking at these UFO channels and stuff like that. Just just on the off chance one of one video will be compelling, you know. Do you still have um, the videos that you made? No, 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 no more v VHSs. No. Do you wish no. you had them? I do actually, I do because there are some that was so good, and you just can't get them anywhere now. There's like, like the the British documentaries were really good. Like the British UFO documentaries are the best because the American ones like are very sensational with the you know the music and you know the the sort of ancient aliens kind of style. But the British ones, they they played really straight, no music, very scientific. Look at it, and it goes into the psychology and like, is this person faking it? Like, and like they they were like really awesome shows. Like, and I just can't find them anywhere online because they're so obscure now. Um, but I loved all that stuff as a kid. There was this there was this show on British television called um, I think it was literally called It's a Mystery. Maybe there's some British people in the chat around my edge remember it. It was on like when I got home from school. And it was similar stuff. It was just covering random weirdness, aliens, Loch Ness Monster, and weird animal sightings and stuff like that. I love that stuff. I don't really believe in anything vaguely spiritual, but it's just kind of it's just kind of like a little hobby, you know. It's like it's like what if I'd I'd love to start like a, a podcast about that kind of stuff. That's really cool. But other than that, it's just gaming at work. Gaming and work, baby. Other than that, gaming and work. So, do you do you actively still try to like take some time and look into this stuff? Like, watch. Yeah, man. or are you more referencing what you used to do? Huh? Or like, do you, is it something that you actively still look like? You look up things about the stuff now? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, YouTube subscription. As, as far as YouTube subscriptions and Reddit subscriptions go, maybe. And then sometimes, like, you'll find like a, a good documentary on some really obscure cryptid from like a from a from like a like a some other country like um uh like have you heard of the mapping from brazil no it's like a a giant a giant ground sloth that supposedly lives in the amazon that uh has like a mouth in its stomach and can, can kill you with its scent there's just stuff like that you know so every country in every region's got its little myths and mysteries and i love that stuff it's so, it's so interesting. Did, did you see the picture of the one that they found in Mexico, that alien? Yes. Not long yes, ago? I did. I did. What do you think I about did, that yeah. one? <laughs> I, think, I think someone got happy with the plastic cast machine, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually saw those when they first, they were first shown in 2017, I think. And this they, they showed them again in the, in the Mexican parliament, didn't they? And then like that, some dude run it through a CT scanner. I was like, "Hey, there's bones in here. It definitely hasn't been tampered with." And then some American scientists were like, "Let us take a look at it." And then the guys like, "Nah, that's okay." 
so uh so yeah it's, it's it's i love i love that stuff man like like the pyramids mysteries and stuff all those kind of mysteries and weird stuff i love all that kind of stuff but what about like conspiracy yeah. theories yeah I, I dabble in those too again don't really believe any of them i think i think i think the invisible hand of capitalism explains 90 percent of conspiracy theories and i think i think human beings are too incompetent to keep something like that secret for too long but yeah so, sometimes like it's just that. fun you know yeah it's just fun i like you saying that it's true i i believe that too yeah, about capitalism is really to blame. Me. Yeah, it's, uh, greed, human greed, and capitalism is to blame for most of the world problems. But if it wasn't capitalism; it'd be some other system to blame. Humans are the problem. At the end of the day, humans are the right? problem. So you're saying the Illuminati is not real? <laughs> yes, I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. It's a fun. It's a fun thing, you know. Pe- people want to kind of like. The reason I think these conspiracy theories get popular is because people want to, people want to make things about good and evil, and they want like a, they want everything sort of neat and tidy. Like here's the bad guys, here's the good guys. Yes. You know, but but really, it's 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 not, it's not like that. It's just, just it's not that simple, greed. right? No, greed and nepotism. You know, it's greed and nepotism. It's like people, people helping their f- rich friends get richer. You know, that's mm-hmm. basically what it is. There's no real organization behind it. It's just it is what it is, man. I agree with you. What um is the most valuable lesson you've ever learned, and who taught it to you? Oh damn, that's a tough question. Most valuable lesson I ever learned. Wow, that is hard. That is a hard, hard question. Um, I honestly don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. I wish I had a really good anecdote, like oh, my great grandfather taught me this or whatever. But I've just sort of, I've just sort of gone through life trial and erroring everything most of the time. Um, I really don't know. I really honestly couldn't tell you. I think like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Well. Let's let's reframe it. What life lesson have you have you taught yourself to understand to guide you forward that you feel is is like principle to you, like who you are and what you believe going forward? I think it's kind of what I was telling you earlier, like about just being real. Because people find out, they will find out. People people like even even like the dumbest person in the room will eventually find out. You know. If you're lying or or telling telling fibs or mani- manipulating and stuff, the truth always comes out. So I kind of like that's one of my guiding principles has been to be 100% real at all times. But that comes with a lot of downsides because like you know, and that and that's not to say like you'd be tactless with people, you know, and you know if someone's feeling Maybe down or something, or and, or something yeah and, yeah that's not to say like be nasty or tactless but um you know don't let things lie in the background you know if you've got a problem with someone or something that someone did you know try and work it out rather than let it fester because you know if it festers in something bigger then it could become a bigger problem down the road or something i'm just not i just think i'm not a particularly great person to ask life advice from so i just i just still constantly just make mistakes all the time and you know, upset people that I don't mean to and get myself in trouble and 
and all that kind of stuff. So it's really hard for me to give any sort of good life advice. But I just try to keep everything real because at least then you kind of like people know who you are and they know what to expect, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I'm not really that good at that kind of thing. I'm a chaotic person and very disorganized. I wish I was more organized and I wish I was less chaotic, but that skill has yet to come to me. Unfortunately. Still got That's time, the real man. answer. Still got time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right. We we keep growing. We keep growing. We keep moving forward. All right. Let me ask you this. Okay, this is this is this is gonna get you to the same kind of place, but it's gonna make it a little more straight to the point here. What would you say? is the most important thing that you want people to know about you. Mm. God damn. You with the deep <laughs> philosophical questions. The important thing to know about me. Oh man. Ultimately I'm doing my best. I want people to know. I want everyone to know out there that I am doing my best. I promise. You know, I, whether it's like, you know, with my content or, you know, reactions and stuff like that. I don't genuinely don't want to like piss anyone off, you know, whether it's community people or, you know, console warriors or developers or anything like that. I'm genuinely just want everyone to know I'm doing my, trying to do my best you know, and trying to come from a good place at the end of the day. But I suppose that's it. That's all you can do, right? Hi, right, man. Beautiful. It is. Beautiful. All right. Go ahead, my doodle. Hmm. Let's see. What is something that you regret doing or not doing in your life? And how did it or did not affect you? I regret not starting earlier and I regret not believing in myself that I could do something like game development or even do something like paleontology. I wish I could go back to my teenage self and say, stick with the animation or stick with the scripting or the coding and, you know, go to games, go to game college and learn how to be a developer or something. I really wish I could have, I really genuinely wish I could have done something like that instead. And there's probably still time, you know, like I, like I said earlier, like I could, I was reading the other day about a dude who, who published his first best-selling novel in his 60s, you know, I'm thinking like, if I, if I started grinding C-sharp now and Unity and in the next five, 10 years, maybe I'd be good enough to, you know, build a really great game and be on the other side of the industry. Because that's where I'd, I'd love to be on the creative side of the industry. And I've always dabbled in creative stuff. I used to have a band, uh, you know, I made animations. I, I used to draw, I used to do all this kind of stuff. I used to program, don't anymore. Um, and I kind of wish like I'd started doing some of that younger and believing that could have been my career much younger than just not trying, you know, um, or even blogging, you know, I wish I'd, you know, I, I often thought like if I'd been, writing as long as some of the other bloggers out there you know would i be like an editor-in-chief somewhere right now or something like that but 
I suppose, like, my biggest regret would be, like, I pretty much wasted my life from, like, the age of 18 through to about 25-ish, kind of. So, I suppose, like, that that would be one regret. Just not believing in myself, and I was just, I was just so, I was so overweight, man. I was so overweight. And just playing World of Warcraft all the time, you know. And while, well. I don't regret playing World of Warcraft because I have some great memories and I made some great friends that I'm still friends with today because of World of Warcraft. I also kind of wish like I'd spent more time learning something rather than just idling in Agrimar or something like that. (laughs) But, um, you know, I suppose the, the takeaway for anyone listening would be to like, if you're young, you know, in your twenties or whatever, um, before you've got kids or you know before you're super busy if you can and you've got a laptop you know learn a skill you know youtube and wikipedia and has so much information out there to do this kind of stuff um but it's hard it's hard to persuade people you know and and that's another thing people in their 20s that that they all know best right people in their teen teens and early 20s we all knew best we all knew best so Jess, you mentioned that you like to draw. Did you sketch out any of those tattoos that I'm seeing? No, I did not. Um, I pulled that's that's from Warcraft. I pulled that off the internet, and um, this one um, done by a tattoo artist in my town in in Warsaw. But um, but uh, I, I thought about sketching a tattoo. It's this kind of my style. Um, that's another thing I, I would have liked to have explored, being a tattoo artist. I wanted to be a tattoo artist at one point. But um, again, didn't pursue it. But yeah, I do like drawing. Don't draw that often these days, though. I also heard you said you were in a band. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. So, what, what um, did you play? Did my, you sing? What, what were you? Yeah, I, sat, I sang and played and, and guitar and bass and programmed drums um and stuff like that uh my my band was actually i actually posted a clip of my band from blizzcon one my band was actually yeah my first blizzcon i entered my band in the original song contest they had a contest for world of warcraft songs and i entered my band in that contest and it was judged by john davis from corn and he said my band was meh and I came second, so I won. A, I won a sound card. But yeah, it's, I used to write. I was. I love Tenacious D, man. So all my, I, I was trying to do the comedy rock kind of thing, but I did a lot of video game songs and, and that kind of stuff. I did that for for a few years, um, but again, I didn't take it that seriously. You know, I never learned to use the tools properly. I never learned to play guitar properly and all that kind of stuff. I was just sort of doing the did the bare minimum. But I kind of wish I'd gotten lessons or learned in more detail. But I don't know. It's uh, just one of the things, right? Yeah, yeah. That that clips on my on my uh, media page on Twitter somewhere. I posted it a couple of weeks ago. Is it? a month ago, maybe. Oh, we gotta go check it out. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. All right. So we're now gonna move it to a little bit more funner questions this were 
these are more deep, right? Really get to know Jez, which I feel like we got, I feel like we got a good dose of Jez here. This was, this was good. Yes. We'll start it. All right. If you could travel back in time and meet one historical figure, who would it be and why? Mm, that's really interesting. That is really interesting question. Um, historical figure. A historical figure, and man, I don't know. This is a. I'm really terrible at stuff like this. Off the top of my head, I thought I thought Kurt Cobain. Because I learned to play guitar playing Nirvana songs. But I think in, am I only thinking that because we were just talking about me being in a band? Honestly, don't know. I don't really know. Who would I go and meet? I'd want to go like really far back in the past and meet like a culture that we think we know a lot about, but we don't really know a lot about. And this comes back to the UFO stuff, right? Because there, there are sort of conspiracy theories that the Egyptians didn't build the pyramids. They just came there after, right? And they sort of became the stewards of the pyramids. I'd love to go and see like what what the culture was really like back then and not just what we know about it. Like the Vikings, what did they really believe? Because we only have we have fragments of what we thought their religion was and what their beliefs were. Were these just stories or did they actually have like full blown reverence to these gods and these entities and stuff like that? I'd love to go I'd love to do like a sort of archaeological round trip of 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 uh different civilizations and then come back with all the information and be like actually you're wrong about all of this this is what they believed this is how the pyramids were made <laughs> and all that kind of stuff right um so i any one individual i don't i don't think so i just like to go there i think which i suppose isn't really what you asked um but we'll, we'll go with that we'll go with that that's fine, man. Sima has always I, brought up the the pyramids. You've yo, always I been still, curious about this I stuff. I just don't believe it, bro. You used to um take me to like the believe it or not. Ripley's believe the, it or yes. not. Yes. <laughs> that was my shit. I used to love that. I used to love it. You did. Yeah. I, okay. I just can't comp I can't wrap my head around the idea that with their available tool set, that they would be able to make the pyramids, bro. I just don't I don't think they could they're too big they're like who was who had the bird's eye view like yep that's a straight, straight line you know what i'm saying like how is that how is that we, how are they communicating we don't really know what they were for you know people yeah, too, like the, the the common the common narrative is that they're tombs but nobody was buried in the pyramids there was nobody buried there right and the to the tombs that we actually do know about, they have like they're they're decorated and they have mummies in them and 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 artifacts and stuff like that. Now people say like they were looted, but like inside there's there's no hieroglyphics, there's no there's nothing, you know. And there's a bunch of chambers that don't make any sense. Like no nobody really knows, nobody really knows what what they exactly, were yeah. Why the rooms were built the way they were built, you know. It's like the, these these weren't built to be explored you know the 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 angles were too weird and the the ceilings are too low super fascinating to me and so yeah i'd love to go and travel back and find out what the hell they're for you know 
I really want to know what happened to the Mary Celeste. You know, you know about Mar- Mary Celeste? Oh, oh, who the who? Mary Celeste. So there was this, there was this famous boat. This Br- I don't know if this is more of a British thing, but there's this boat where like, um, well, I don't know if this is more famous in Britain, but there was this boat where they just found it floating. And like, I can't remember the exact date. We were talking hundreds, of, a couple of hundred years ago, maybe, maybe at this point. But it was just a random boat, like a full, a full blown galleon or whatever. Crew was just missing. No crew. No sign of a struggle. Nothing stolen. The the ship was completely intact. But the crew was just gone. You know. And it's like it's like a famous ghost ship story. So I want I want to know what happened there. Where did the crew go? Where did they, they just disappear to, off to in the middle of the sea? You know, stuff like that. Is that I want the, to find out that Bermuda Triangle crap. Is that where that uh, is? I don't the think it was Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. Triangle. I'm I'm trying. I need to remind myself now. Um, that was American story. So this is an American registered, American registered Canadian built brigantine, deserted in the Atlantic Ocean off the Azores Islands in 1872. So yeah, um, nobody knows what happened. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was launched under a British registration as Amazon in 1861. And uh, the inconclusive nature of the hearing fosters continued speculation. Hypotheses have been advanced, including effects on the crew of alcohol fumes rising from the cargo, submarine earthquakes, water spouts, attack by a giant squid, or paranormal intervention. So <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody knows no what happened knows. there. But we want but yeah, answers. I, I, yeah, I want answers. And I, it just drives me mad because it's in the past. Just there's just no way we could ever find out now. Mm-hmm. Now a time yep. machine and a teleportation machine to go to that specific place at that specific time. Because all the evidence is gone, destroyed, and everyone, anyone involved is long dead. Drives me crazy yep. thinking about that, man. We just never it's so gonna funny know. Because I do feel like I have that same kind of thing when it comes to the past. Like Doodle knows. I always yeah. like anytime <laughs> I had to bring we it up, I'm like, be, oh my gosh. Yeah, like anytime we are somewhere like historic, right? Like you go to a place that's like, I don't know, a hundred years old or a thousand years old or whatever it is, and you're walking through the streets and you're like, like this is wild. Like we're here right now at this moment, but like a thousand years ago, like this was like what was this? Like who what was happening here? Like I I really do I feel like honestly, if I were to answer that question myself, I would probably say the same thing. I would love to just be able to go back and see everything, like how things really were, like not the stories. Like how things actually went down. Yeah, because it's crazy how, like you said, not the stories, because you could like just think of like saying something to someone and how they repeat it and how the next person changes it. Right. And so we have very little info about what happened or even the info that we have is so like from so long ago that it's got lost in translation. (laughs) Yeah, for real. I agree. Okay, so Jess, you ready? Let's see. If you had to choose one superpower, what would it be and how would you use it? Hmm. I suppose the power to travel back in time to find out what happened with the pyramids. Yes. (laughs) So I kind of figured you were going to go with it. Yeah, time travel. That would be sick. You could also like go and, you know, take time traveling and buy some shares in Facebook or Microsoft or something before they went public, right? So time, well, time listen, if you ever get this superpower, 
when you get back here, you need to contact C Money because he needs the answers to all the questions <laughs> about the pyramids and Pretty dinosaurs cool. and aliens and everything you found out. I do feel aliens are around. Come on, man. Not the ones that were in Mexico. Right, can, you, can you repeat that last bit? Sorry. I liked that a bit. The, oh, I said, if you ever get that superpower, I need you to come back and reach out to see money because Fill he needs in. the answers to the pyramids and dinosaurs and aliens and everything you find out. <laughs> dinosaurs yeah. will be dope to find out about. Right? Like, because we have these, like, bones, right? And, like, that's cool and stuff. But, like, how are they really, right? Like, can you imagine, like, actually being able to see one and knowing that that's it? That's the dinosaur right there? That would be super dope. Was it built back properly? I don't know. That's true. Maybe those things go in different, <laughs> completely different directions, man. Maybe the bones don't go the way we think they do. Just doing a lot of assuming, yeah. I would say. Like, uh, we, there's... Like, the... There's a famous, there's a famous paleontological thing where igua, a dinosaur called Iguanodon, they, they didn't know which way its skeleton was put together. So like they had it like upright, looking a bit like Godzilla with a, with a horn for a long time. And then like they discovered that, oh, actually that's not a horn at all. That's a thumb. But then like it completely changed the way the dinosaur looked a few years later. And that now it's got like thumbs instead of a horn and it walks on all fours and stuff like that um it just just goes to show it's just so much about the past we just don't know and we'll never yeah, really know guesswork. yeah well the, the feathers like they now think dinosaurs have feathers like that wasn't the case when i was a kid i think they were oh. just there was there was some fringe theories about dinosaurs having feathers when i was a kid and and there was like a few a handful of dinosaurs that they, they thought were sort of missing link between dinosaurs and birds but now they're out here saying like T-Rex was was basically a giant chicken these days. <laughs> we just don't know because the stuff doesn't fossilize very well. So it's interesting. Wild. It is wild, man. It is wild, that's for sure. All right. Well, now that we know that you were a singer, if you had <laughs> to sing a duet with any singer, who would you choose and what song would you sing? Man, that's a good question. That's a good question. Who would I duet with? Um, man, I really love like, um, the you know, like 90s Alice in Chains. I really love the harmonies in, in their music, like, um, uh, like Lane and um, Jerry Cantrell, like. The harmonies in their songs are just incredible. I'd love to do them harmonies, man. Uh, that'd be cool, man. I yeah, uh, I really like. Ice and Chains is one of my favorite bands, and um, they're just sort Which of. Which one? Alice in Chains. Alice with Jerry Chains. Cantrell and and Lane, um, Staley, but Lane Staley like passed away in the nineties, but they, the band's still going now. But they're, they're two singers doing these amazing harmonies. So I'd love to get on stage and do those harmonies. I, I like learn to sing, singing songs like Alice, Alice in Chains songs and stuff like that. Awesome band. That's dope. Very cool. All right. So if you could swap places with any celebrity for a day, who would it be and why? Man, I'd swap places with Elon Musk. 
and I'd I'd like I'd offload I'd sell Twitter to Microsoft for one dollar and then put a load of put all of his money in my bank account and then swap back. We <laughs> <laughs> gotta make sure it's not traceable, right? Like people can't find out that this happened. Because then people just think that you you hacked them. Well, I'd I'd write a contract saying like I've decided to give all my money away to this random guy on Twitter because his <laughs> tweets are really awesome. And then sign it, Elon Musk, and get some witnesses in, and then I'd swap back. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's, listen, that's the first person who said that. Gold yes. It's a big brand Become somebody moments. famous and write their money off to them. I mean, that makes... It's a really smart that thing makes to do. a lot of sense. You got Everybody one day. wants that Elon Musk money. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but then you have to spend a day with Amber Heard. Yes. Is he, is he actually dating Amber Heard? Oh, that's God, the, they like the perfect couple. That's the word in the street. That's the word on these streets, apparently. Yeah, Did you funny. watch the show, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard? I saw clips of it. It's, it seems like a total nightmare. Oh, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I feel like, I don't know. See, this is the thing. This is what happens with, like, bias situations. I feel like when you watch the show, it's very clear what it, what they're showing you. Like, it's supposed to be you getting to see both sides of it, right? But it's pretty clear what side they're trying to lean you towards, right? <laughs> so, my, like, that's my thing. When I watch it, it's like, are they actually showing this to us in a way for us to decide? Or the way that they decided chose the winner. Yes. Like we know who won actually, but I guess the whole point of the of the show is for us to kind of see it occur and see where we would fall. But I almost feel like I feel like they're like just slanting us in one direction <laughs> pretty clearly. I don't know. It's a good show though. Definitely a good show. Worth a watch. All right. You ready? If you won the lottery. What is the first thing you would buy or do with the money? Now, just to clarify, this is not about Good Samaritan Jez. It's not I would help my parents or help somebody else. Let's assume you did all that. What is the first thing you would do selfishly with the money that's just for you that no one else can benefit from in any meaningful way? Just for you. I think I'd just buy a house. I'd buy a nice house in England in a nicer place than where I grew up. Pay off the mortgage. Nothing nothing big and fancy. But you know, bedroom, gaming room, living room, kitchen, bathroom. All you need really. And then I'd just buy the most ridiculous gaming PC. And then that's it. That's all I'd buy. That's all I buy. I put the rest in the bank. That's it. <laughs> no car. You want a CV? <laughs> you don't need a car. You got Uber. You buy Uber. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pay anymore. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't That's buy awesome. a car. I, I'm simple, man. I just. I just want to. I just want a game. I don't need a car or or anything like that. I don't. I don't have. I'm, I'm Here's a question. If you oh, did you win the license? lotto, no license. Would no. you quit your job? Yes. I would quit. I'd quit writing. I would. 
Um, I keep podcasting because I really enjoy podcasting, but the main reason I, I stay at my job now is because the pension's really great and, you know, you need a job, right? So it's about saving money for me. But if I didn't need to save money for a pension, I didn't need to save money for my family. Um, I'd rather just be gaming. I'd rather be gaming. But I'd yeah. still podcast. But having a full-time <laughs> job, just it just takes so much time out of what, what you could be doing for fun instead you know and this this is like obviously one of the better jobs for um people who are into gaming but it's still like 40 50 60 hour weeks not gaming a lot of the time so yeah despite working in gaming so yeah it's um unless you choose yeah, a i don't think it's tough yeah exactly yeah exactly then you're good okay so this so, question is about gaming go well, ahead see you have something so just my just well, just another question. So you've never driven a car in your life? No, never driven a car. Never, never, never sat in the driver's seat of a car. Um, Even the bumper England, cars. I've done bumper cars actually when I was little, but Britain has like really good public transport. Like I can, I can get on from where I live in England. I can get on a bus with in within five minutes uh, there's buses every 15 minutes where i live and then within oh, 10 nice. minutes i'm gonna be at the train station train every half an hour to the airport and then be straight on a plane straight to london or frankfurt or anywhere in europe and then get a train every 30 minutes to train it's it's america needs more train man you need, yeah. <laughs> you need to look look up look up a map on like Europe's train links compared to America. It is shocking. It's really, really? shocking. There's just yeah, there's just so there's, there's trains everywhere. Um are they above you know, ground or underground? I gotta imagine above ground. Both. A lot mostly the intercity is like overground, but like then you go in the city and there's just underground everywhere, you know. London especially, lots of underground. Um but yeah like it's not necessary to drive i think in europe compared to i know i know some places it's super necessary to drive but um not in the city in in england i don't think never 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 needed to never needed to do people drive <laughs> like this is just, no one's yeah, driving drive, just the yeah. uber guys it's mostly like um parents with kids you know driving their kids to school because there's no school buses <laughs> so oh, that's where they get you <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. you, you, kids get kids get the public buses the regular buses but a lot of, a lot of parents just drive their kids to school uh, um but I, I, kind, I kind of feel like if you don't have kids you don't really need a car in where i live i don't think but yeah unless you like you know, unless you work quite far away out of town or whatever. But I work from home too, so like, absolutely, just don't need yeah. a car. Just ordering the groceries. Yep, precisely. Nice. That's dope. All right, cool. cool. So, if you could travel to any video game world, where will you go, and what will you do there? Hmm. Video game world. That's a good question. Hmm. Video game world. Video game world. Hmm. 
Man, I just can't. I just keep thinking of all the horrible ones, and then thinking you wouldn't want to go there. You wouldn't want to live in Raccoon City. You wouldn't want to live in Fallout World. Um, video game world. I honestly don't know. I really, really don't know. When I was younger, when I was in my twenties, I really just just wanted to live in Azeroth, and kind of did. I was just there all day, all day, every day, playing playing Warcraft. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. I suppose like it'd be somewhere familiar that where you also have superpowers or something. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. That's a hard. Do you one. have a favorite superhero? Uh, not really. I'm not. I'm not a big superhero fan, um, which I know is is kind of weird in the in the nerdosphere. Right. I'm just not. I'm just not a big superhero fan. I find it hard to suspend my disbelief. Like, you know. Um, but I did really like Batman as a kid. So Batman's the closest thing I have to fandom for a superhero. I really like the the nineties Batman graphic novels. Um, I tried to read more some of the more modern Batman comics, but I just thought they were terrible. Actually, <laughs> I just thought they were just not good, and the stories didn't make sense and and all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, there are like some cool superheroes I wish were like more, I suppose, bigger. Like Spawn, I quite like Spawn, and um, Judge Dread. Oh, Judge Dread. But again, Judge, Judge Dread is the yeah the most wasted franchise in comic book history. I think. Hmm. Yeah, I I didn't um like Judge Dread. He's like. Isn't he like similar to like RoboCop? He's not like RoboCop, but like kind of like following the the law and like busting people's ass doing it. Is that Judge Dredd's like kind of gimmick? Uh, yeah, I I suppose Judge Dredd doesn't really have superpowers. It's just it's just, it's it's come more like the the world is it's post apocalyptic, you know, sort of hyper. Uh. It's it's satirical, really, in nature to judge Dredd, but um, yeah, I suppose he doesn't really have superpowers. It's just sort of cyberpunk dystopia, isn't it? Pretty awesome. I kind of wish I kind of wish that because Rebel the 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 studio that makes Sniper Elite they own Judge Dredd and they do nothing with it. They, they own do, Judge Dredd yeah. for gaming, and they just yes, no, they own it. Period. Well, they, they own the own comic, the character. They own the. They own the character. Rebellion is a comic book company, first and foremost. They own Judge Dredd, and they do nothing with it. It drives me crazy. It's so strange. Yeah, it's really weird. Ridiculous. They licensed it out to a bunch of subpar movies, and it's just like this could be this could be a great Netflix show. This could be a great Gears of War like clone. Like, but instead they just want to make. 50,000 Sniper Elite games. It just it just blows my mind. But it's whatever. That's wild. Whatever. That's wild. All right. So I have three smaller ones, right? There's more about, like, specific things that we've heard. I just want to hear, like, the stories behind them. Um, and then one final question before we get to the rapid-fire questions. All right. So... One thing, people in the chat constantly brought it up. And before, when everybody knew you was coming, people <laughs> kept bringing up the beans. Okay. <laughs> Heinz beans. 
what's how how did you become so associated with beans in general well one of the one of the things people do on social media to get engagement or harvest engagement is that they say controversial things on purpose right and you see like these grifters these political grifters who they say just the most outrageous ridiculous stuff and some of them are in in the senate in america too and they say things they just genuinely don't believe but they only say them to piss everyone off and get the get everyone riled up and then like you'll see like videos of them of, uh, at events being completely normal human beings but then like in public they'll just when the cameras are rolling they say the most outlandish bullshit made up stuff because it generates headlines and in their in their world there's no such thing as bad publicity right but i was thinking like i want to get some of that publicity too but i don't want to i don't want to be an asshole or or piss people off and do st- stuff like that so I saw one of the things that I was doing it doing the way I was doing it was with um and uh also because it's just kind of fun to make gross people out. I was just posting like these horrible food pictures, you know, of just these like terrible food combinations and stuff and you know and uh and I, I discovered that like Americans just British food upsets a lot of people, not just Americans, but all over the world. British food seems to upset a lot of people. And like sometimes I'd like I'd shared my breakfast, which was just, I had beans on toast with some grated cheese on top, and that is a state a British staple breakfast. Is like, it really like is that just normal yeah. food that you guys just have? Listen, normal guys, food, yeah. Beans are delicious. I gotta say it. I love beans. I love um especially like black beans. I love the texture, the taste. I love them so. Is jazz, I'm with you. Bean jazz is Excellent. it like a specific bean? Well, like. the Brit- the British baked beans, they're they're haricot beans, I believe they're called. We just call them beans, but they're haricot beans, I think. Um, but yeah, any beans like black beans, kidney beans, like um, I remember when I when I first came to Germany, um, you can you can buy British baked beans in Germany now. But when I first came here and I first started staying here about ten years ago, I couldn't find any beans. So <laughs> my girlfriend, bless her. He made me some baked beans with like tomato sauce, like the recipe, tomatoes, following the recipe, tomato sauce, but use kidney beans and stuff like that. And then made it on toast. And I was like, wow, this actually works. This actually works really well. But, um, That's awesome. But yeah, um, I, just thought, I just thought it was funny, you know. And, and beans became a bit of a meme because it wasn't just me posting these beans stuff. It's like a lot of the British meme accounts on Twitter, the big British meme accounts, they started posting bean pictures as well because everyone sort of noticed that it really upset certain people who just couldn't couldn't get their head around the idea of beans on toast but try it man it like just get what just type get of some bread toast. do you use just just any toast. bread any like bread white bread, any bread. Like... brown bread white bread doesn't matter get get some get some bread let it cool slightly you don't want it you don't want the butter to melt too much into the bread because it'll lose structural integrity when you put the beans on it <laughs> let it cool down a little yeah. bit. Spread the spread the butter thinly. You know, again, you don't want too much butter because it'll it'll ruin the structural integrity of the bread. The thicker bread, the better. Like cook it quite quite hard if you can. You put the beans on, and then you know, light simmer, warm beans. Grate some black pepper into it. Grate some cheese on American cheese, any cheese. Oh man, yes. Change your life. It'll change your life. Parmesan, <laughs> if you want to get fancy with it. Parmesan, <laughs> nice. Yeah, maybe we gotta try it. We'll do it for the kids. You know, what I'm saying, give them some toast. Yeah. <laughs> it'll change beans. your life. All right. 
All right. So the other one that was a big thing for a long while was this whole thing of the the shrimp was this, that you had with uh was that with special nick? Is that what it was what it was? Oh the shrimp man I I said that was a kind of similar deal. Like I'd seen some weird shrimp pictures where people have made weird food with shrimp, like the shrimp Oreo and stuff like that. And um and uh I just kind of like I, I was I was I had insomnia one night. This is the shrimp story. I had this crazy insomnia. And, um and uh I saw this emoji that was just like a laughing shrimp or whatever, and I just tweeted it out like Xbox shrimp. And it was during that time where Jeff and I were leaking loads of stuff and people were like, Oh my god, Jesse's leaking again. And I thought it was a leak, you know. Um I thought it was a leak and I uh I was like, Oh yeah, it is a leak, but you need to ask special Nick about it. <laughs> and then everyone just started started spamming up special Nick, you know, and he was getting really mad about it and stuff like that. It was funny, man. It was funny times. That was yeah, there wasn't much more every... there wasn't much more to it than that. Like there was there really was Jess, if you have any trouble sleeping, um black cherries, I don't know if you like them, but they help cherries. with sleep and the juice as well. Oh, I so didn't know right that before bed. Oh, look at that. I help. So another question. Obviously, we you know we we follow and we hear the podcast. We know you go back and forth, right? You go from England to Germany, Germany to England, right? So, if you had to choose one, which one's your favorite? Is it Germany or is it England? Ooh. And there's no place like home at the end of the day. You know, Germany is an incredibly beautiful country, but the real answer is wherever my girlfriend is, you know. Um, but like as a country, even though like the town where I grew up in is like this horrible place that was voted, it was voted the second worst place to live (laughs) or third worst, first, third worst place. It's just that there's, there's still something about it, like a charm or something. I don't know. You you sort of, you know, when you, you grow up in a place like that, you kind of get assimilated to it, but England's a very unique place with a unique kind of culture, and um, I just think it's you know it's hard to replicate. You know, I've been to lots of different places, and I know people from all over the world. Um, yeah, England will always be special, my special place. I think. That's the stuff. And then, last before we do our final question, um, how did you meet Rand? Man, I don't know exactly how me and Rand met. I think we were just sort of like in Twitter at the same time and in the sort of the same sort of sphere as the rest of the Xbox community and you know, hanging out and chatting every now and then in DMs and stuff like that. And and we did we did run into each other at E three very briefly, but E three my first E three when I went there and Rand was there, it was such a blur that I barely remember meeting him. I just remember him being really tall. You know, the dude's really tall. He? He's like eight, yeah, he's like eight tall? tall or something. Yeah, yeah he's, he's really yeah. tall. I think he's like seven foot, man. He's really tall. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> yeah, he's not. I, I don't know if he's seven foot, but he's really he's really tall. I'm like I'm like five eight, so he's he was like six foot five or something like that. Um, he's a dude's a giant, man. And um, I was just kind of like, I don't remember. But then like I, you know, I do remember the conversations we'd have on Skype about games, games and gaming and stuff. And we just sort of started talking about like, um, we just started talking about like how this could be a podcast you know our conversations and we went to it we went straight from talking on skype about games to talking publicly about games and six years later we've got a pretty nice podcast you know? so yeah you do this is a great podcast now was that the original name xbox 2 like is that the first name you guys yeah. came up with well actually the very first episode we did we didn't have a name we didn't have a name for the show and we were discussing names about what what kind of name we should have um we actually discussed it on the show and actually i came up with some terrible ideas i can't remember off the top of my head but some of them were really bad and i'm really glad we didn't go through with them but i don't remember exactly how we came on the name xbox 2 randall now randall tell you next time when you speak to him he'll, he'll probably nice. remember nice 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 all right so this is the Actual doodle, do you want to do it? Because I asked these little ones. Oh, I'm ready. All right, ask the final question. All right, Jess. If you had to eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it spaghetti. be and why? Spaghetti. Spaghetti bolognese. Spaghetti? Can it be can it be a recipe? I love spaghetti. I absolutely love spaghetti. Spaghetti's so good. Yeah, I just, just I just love so, it. Pasta, any pasta. pasta. Really. No meat, no nothing on it. Just well, up. you know, if I can choose a full blown recipe, you know, then spaghetti bolognese or spaghetti with tuna, which again is another another recipe that uh, some people freak out about. But I, I had that I had that earlier before before we started. Oh, like started the show. It's just spaghetti with some tuna on top. I really love spaghetti. With tuna. Plop it in. You got yeah, some sauce black, on there. Black no. Black, just spaghetti and tuna, black pepper. I'm gonna and try that. So like, I love spaghetti. Raw, like spaghetti yeah, with, with olive, tuna, no tuna with olive oil. Oh, yeah, just heat it up. No, no sauce. Just spaghetti with tuna and olive oil and black pepper. And I don't know. It's it's what we used to have as when I was a kid. Maybe it's like poor people food or whatever. But as <laughs> well as what my parents used to make like me that. as a kid. I just lo- I just love it. I love I love tuna. I just love tuna and spaghetti. Yeah, I'm weird. It's man. good for I'm you so too. Weird. Tuna's good for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, hopefully. Oh. Hopefully. All right. Well, as far as the actual interview itself, I mean, that's it, man. That was pretty cool, Jess. Well, thanks for Appreciate me. that. Got a lot of good information. I feel like we got to learn about you more. Now we're getting into the to the real meat and potatoes here. Okay. This is the rapid fire round okay so we're gonna have rapid fire questions are you do you feel mentally prepared to go ahead I'm and mentally prepared. jay fonzarelli he has easy. 19 easy all right don't overthink anything easy. you got this jess you got this easy right. easy let's do this easy i'm ready all right let's set the let's story yeah. gotta, let's, gonna let's go ahead and uh, we gotta put some Got some tunes that we gotta play. We gotta just let it sit in the back. I set the stage. 
Okay. This is relaxing. You know what I'm saying? There we go. Okay. So, so there's so there's gonna be a ticker, okay, that's gonna come on the screen. Okay, and it's gonna go and it's gonna count down the 60 seconds that we have. And when that thing goes off, <laughs> that's it. All right. See money, but, focus. I gotta focus. Don't mess this up. I gotta get ready. All right. Listen, it's strange. We had King six weeks in a row. Destroyed everybody, especially Mav. Mav in the chat, he specifically <laughs> got destroyed so many times. He got bumped off. You see, on the side, it says 19 Jay Fonzarelli, 18 King David, and Dirk Griggity and Colt Eastwood tied at 17. So if you beat Dirk Griggity and Colt Eastwood, if you get 18 or higher, you would be murdering two people off. Of yes. You know what I'm saying? So that would be a, a huge thing. But all right. All right. Let's go. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm good. I gotta focus too, you know. I gotta, I gotta read the questions the right way. You better read them right. <laughs> Don't mess them problem. up. All right. Can you hear me clearly? Yes. Music's okay. a little bit loud. Rocking on. Oh, music's loud. All right. All right. Let's go a little bit. I mean, just in relation to your voice. Okay. 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 Oh. All right. Let's go time. All right. You can do it, Jess. I believe. Me too. Okay, now don't be thrown off by the questions either because there's just like random questions. So you just gotta a lot of people get stuck. Prepared. Some of them are yes and no, some of them are specific question answers that you have to give. Is be prepared. You ready? All right. I'm so excited. Three, two, one. Favorite color. Black. Cats or dogs? Cats. Cartoon or live action? Cartoon. Favorite book or what's a book? Uh, the Wasp Factory by Ian Banks. Favorite music artist? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, no. No. Yes. No, that's too hard. That is too hard. Favorite music artist? Oh, my God. There's so yep. many. There's too many. Oh, my Just God. Watch. That's horrible. <laughs> Just, just one. one. I can't pick just, just one. Just, just, um, <laughs> Deftones. Super solid. Solid. Favorite superhero. Batman. <laughs> Favorite show as a child. Oh my god. Batman. <laughs> my country you've never been to but want to visit. Yes. Yes. What happened? Ah, <laughs> oh, the music question, man. Oh, that was so hard. We warned you, Jess. We warned you. Literally, what happened, like 50 bands. Did you get it? Fifty bands jumped in my head. No. Fifty bands. You just had to say one, Jess. <laughs> just like fifty bands jumped in my head. I was just like, I can't think of a single band that I could name. <laughs> And if it wasn't for the music, <laughs> yeah. oh my god! All right, let me take that off. <laughs> Jess, <gasps> Jess, I gotta tell you, Jess, I didn't think mm -hmm. this was possible. I didn't think so either. Jess, Mister Boomstick XL. Did better than you. And he was our <laughs> lowest person. Oh, no. Jess, you have the lowest. 
the lowest score in our documented <laughs> history so far. Oh, <laughs> oh well. You answered. In a way, eight. is that not winning? In a way. I mean, you did get a title, okay? Listen. I have the best and, score in a way. Listen. Technically. That at least is more memorable than Mav's performance. Okay? Yeah, yeah. He, he got lost in the in the middle. But you oh, will always man. be remembered now. I'm gonna, you know what? I, you know what's gonna happen, Jess? I'm gonna commemorate this, and I'm gonna put like the lowest score. Is you know how you have the highest ones, and at the bottom, I'll put the lowest score, and then I'll yes. put your name. So you're there with uh, with the eight that you were able God to damn. answer correct. Huh. Freaking music! It took you down, Jess. <laughs> it took you down. That's just so hard, man. That's so hard. But it probably is Deftones. Thinking about it, Deftones. Well, Deftones. listen. That was fun. That was fun, though. Thank you. That was, that fun. was fun. That was a good time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was. It was. It was thank it you was for a... being here. This has been amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. You guys right. really made me go, think. That's that was the goal, Jess. You know, we wanted you to really feel like you you had to dig deep. You know what I'm saying? It's the you type know... of thing that when we leave. You're still thinking about some of those answers, you know, really dig deep. Sometimes being able to go back and reflect allows you to appreciate a lot more where you are and everything you've done. And for everyone out there that, you know, maybe want to know you a little more aside from everything else that you do more on a personal level. And for us to get to know you better, this was this is just like a perfect way to connect with you and everyone else we've had on the show. So we really appreciate you being here. Well, I really appreciate oh. it. Like, thank you both so much. Oh, absolutely. All right. So before we go, we do this. Uh, we still love games here. So we do want to very quickly, we just end with a little conversation about the gaming space that we're in right now. So um, I, I guess my thing is, I know how big of a blizzard fan that you are. So the fact that Xbox has finally sealed the deal, right? What does what does it mean to you? Like, what do you, how do you feel about the deal closed with Microsoft closing on it? Microsoft now being the the owners of Blizzard and all the rest of Activision. And what do you hope comes from it? You know, for you specifically, just for of, your, your interest. Just for me. Well, I mean, I was gonna say I hope that like Microsoft doesn't completely upend the culture and you know infect it with their microsoft corporatism because microsoft in redmond has this stifling corporate culture which i think impacted halo you know um to some degree and i don't want to see that kind of because you know i don't i think halo's in a much better place than it was but i think like the issues around Halo Infinite's launch and its development cycle and how long it took and all that kind of stuff and the questions that needed to be asked that never got asked is because of Microsoft's corporate culture, you know. So I was going to say, like, I don't want Microsoft to create an unnecessary wave of anxiety and upheaval and disruption for Blizzard when they've been, they've been disrupted a lot over the last few years in, a, in, a, in various well-documented ways. So that's what I'm hoping for, first and foremost. But for me personally, I just want to see Blizzard's franchises all get the love and attention and care that they deserve 
Like, the fact that Activision nickel and dime the Warcraft 3 remake rather than working hard on it and doing a good job, that should never have happened. And that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for nickel and diamond from Activision Corporate. Like, they should have seen... Warcraft 3 is a legendary game, and they should have seen that through to completion, but instead they shipped a half-baked, outsourced project that didn't have promised features and actually had less features than the original, uh, the original early 2000s Warcraft client. It's not, it's not acceptable, you know, it's really not. So <clears throat> that is one aspect of it, more investment and actually like accepting that. Because one thing Activision just doesn't do is they won't accept games that aren't completely massive, blowing up Fortnite level popular, right? Whereas Xbox does tend to accept smaller, smaller games, a smaller footprint, you know. I don't think Sea of Thieves is a massive, super duper, concurrent players kind of game like 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 fortnite or counter-strike or something like that and microsoft keeps it going and you know they have greenlit updates to killer instinct as well i know for damn sure that there's not a huge amount of people playing killer instinct but that doesn't mean that the fan base however small it is is any less important and i think as long as there is enough money to keep it ticking over that that those investments should be made so like i'm put for personal reasons, I'm hopeful that Microsoft will greenlight a new StarCraft 3 because they've done so for Age of Empires. I'm hoping that Microsoft will invest in trying to grow Heroes of the Storm again and some of these like lesser known, um, some of these lesser played Blizzard games, stuff like that. And I hope Microsoft really respects the legacy of the Blizzard fan base because honestly, Blizzard's fan base is the most passionate fan base for any game studio in the world. and you know, and I don't know if Microsoft realizes just how like voracious and this this fan base is. Like it's it's beyond Xbox. It honestly is. You know, when you look at all the different content creators for Diablo and Warcraft, and and people still play and stream Heroes of the Storm, even as Starcraft, and make YouTube videos about it and stuff like that. It's um, it's 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 more than Microsoft knows about. You know with its own stuff and i just hope that microsoft respects that and that everything can grow together you know i'd love to see master chief in heroes of the storm i'd love to see you know i'd love to see xenomax and and microsoft franchises cross over with blizzard i'd love to see blizzard characters and killer instinct you know and stuff like that i just kind of want i just want everything to be together while also respecting the legacies that um that Blizzard has, has created and honestly been trampled on by Activision in the name of shareholder payouts at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would hope for me personally. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see Heroes of the Storm ported to Xbox. I'd love to see a mobile version of Heroes of the Storm as well. Because um, I think mobile games work really well on mobile and I think they work really well on console. And I don't think Heroes of the Storm needs to compete with Dota, and I don't think it needs to compete with League of Legends to be decently successful, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Do you, think, um, do you think Microsoft is going to take advantage of the whole mobile aspect of, of this purchase and bring like their big IP to mobile, like a Halo? Obviously, we know that they made like a bootleg of Halo, Spartan Assault or something like that, but like like Master Chief, like, do you think they'll they'll start bringing their mainline games into the mobile space? Well, you should see, like, 
the first studio that Microsoft visited, Microsoft leadership team visited, it was King, you know, which kind of gives you a hint of their priorities, right? Um, yep. uh, it might have been, it might have just been for the sake of convenience, but the optics there are pretty sort of pretty exemplary, you know, that they want to look to what King and the mobile division can bring to the uh, the four there. So. I don't know what that looks like in terms of Halo and Gears and stuff like that. They tried to make a Gears game for mobile, Gears Pop, and it was terrible. They tried to do Forza for mobile, Forza Street, and it was terrible. I don't know what that means for Microsoft's current franchises. And like even Activision has failed at this kind of stuff. They did a Crash Bandicoot Infinite Runner that got shut down a little while ago. But some of the some of Microsoft's other studios have been very successful in mobile. Like um, uh, Zenimax, Fallout Shell is one of the most popular mobile games. Minecraft is one of the most popular mobile games, and Zenimax is releasing a sort of uh, Elder Scrolls castle building kind of game uh, next year, I think. So we'll see where it goes. Um, I just hope they've got Xbox achievements in. That'd be cool. Agreed. Agreed, hundred percent. Doodle, do you have any other questions? How do you feel, Jazz, about the future of PlayStation? I don't really research PlayStation that much, but I do think PlayStation will hit a wall if they don't look at some of this stuff like mobile and, and uh, you know, how to grow beyond console because PlayStation can grow by destroying Xbox's console footprint, sure, you know, but that's like... That's tens of millions of players necessarily. It's not sort of the hundreds of millions that mobile gets. So I think like even if PlayStation did fully cannibalize Xbox and fully cannibalize Nintendo even, they'll still hit a wall where it's like, oh, uh, our hardcore AAA action games, they're not making the kind of money that a service game will make. But Microsoft just posted its quarterly earnings for Xbox today. And despite the fact that Xbox hardware declined year over year, a quarter of a quarter i'm I'm not i haven't read them fully yet but xbox hardware declined but they've seen the biggest the biggest quarter one in the company's history because of growth in content and services and all that kind of stuff so um xbox's game revenue is up nine percent year over year despite the fact hardware has declined seven percent year over year so what does that say to you it says to you that xbox is making more money on PC, and it's making more money on and uh, mobile, you know, and um, and software and stuff like that. And I think, like, with PlayStation's sort of aversion to launching games day and day on PC, I think that's hurting them unnecessarily. Um, you know, there'd be way more hype for Spider Man, honestly, if it was launching on PC at the same time as PlayStation, Final Fantasy 16. Nobody cared about that a couple of weeks after the fact because it didn't launch on PC. It's the fact of the matter, you know. So um, the fact that Xbox is finding growth without hardware should be a wake-up call for PlayStation, I think, because we're moving potentially to a world where the hardware, the console doesn't matter, and the console seen as old-fashioned, like little kids are growing up with iPad or whatever. Who knows what the device of the future look like? looks like? The only thing that really matters is content at the end of the day. And um, and uh, 
Xbox realized it finally, but you know, it's kind of weird when you know Sony's sort of betted bet its whole business on the console market, which isn't growing. You know, so while I think PlayStation will be fine, you know, I don't think PlayStation is in trouble by any means. I do think like there's some nervousness about its strategy in the much longer term, it's like ten yeah. years or something, which has led to some of the changes that we're now seeing within the company structurally. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, nobody know, nobody can predict tomorrow. Maybe VR does blow up, and or you know maybe consoles do become you know much bigger somehow. You know, but there's no way to really know. So I personally feel like Phil should continue to buy studios and do his thing. He's been rocking it. But I hear a lot of people saying Xbox can't buy everything. They should stop purchasing studios. How do you feel about this? Do you feel that they should continue shopping? And if so, who would you want to see them buy next? Um, I think that... If you, you look at the way they've been buying things, they've been buying things to plug gaps in their plug gaps in their um portfolio, you know. So they bought mobile publisher because they stuck to mobile. They bought Blizzard as well and Zenimax because they didn't have great legacy IP to play with, like Doom or Diablo or whatever. They only really had Halo, Forza and Gears with any sort of nostalgia attached to it, uh, at a at a larger scale. So they bought they bought a lot they bought a legacy with Activision and Zenimax. So the one piece of the puzzle that's missing now is your Japanese games. They need a Japanese publisher, you know, and I think like whether it's Capcom or Square Enix or Sega or whatever, I think that's probably where Microsoft will look next. And if I had to bet money, I would say it's probably Square Enix. Square Sega. Enix? I think it could be Square Enix. How do you Enix. feel about them holding hands on stage after they've <laughs> snobbed um, Xbox for so long in the community with their games? I mean, it's kind of it kind of shows like there's been a big change of the guard at Square Enix. They got a new CEO, and you know, again, it's like their CEO has been pretty much probably was criticised for banking too heavily on PlayStation and not being like we need a, a simultaneous development pipeline to get our games out on PC to take advantage of the full marketing weight. You know, they could have had like they could have had PlayStation exclusive marketing, which would have co-marketed the steam version and then when you go on steam and search for final fantasy 16 there's nothing there you know it's it's ridiculous you know it's it's bad strategy you know i'm not even saying put the games on xbox so it's just you know to put them on pc at least you know um yeah. i think right. like there's clearly been a change of strategy there and the fact that phil phil was there to sort of put a stamp on that um should hopefully mean something but how long's how long it's going to take to materialize in any meaningful ways? Probably anyone's guess because, again, like these pipelines don't exist. They can't even simul simultaneously launch their games on PC, and I don't think that's necessarily like because of the exclusivity deal. I just think that they can't. They can't do it. They don't have the teams in place or the, the studios in place, the infrastructure in place to make that happen. And they should have that infrastructure in place to make that happen. You know, they do it for some of their smaller games or whatever, but. Um, Final Fantasy 7 Remake took way too long to hit PC way too long Final Fantasy 16 as well will take way too long to hit PC um, um, so 
Yeah, I guess we'll see if Microsoft is investing to make improvements in that space. Um, but I don't know. I love your point we'll about Square because they did bring up how, oh, I wish every box was the same and we didn't have to go ahead and, and remake the game for you know, to, to fit the box. Right. And so you brought up an excellent point because a lot of other developers go ahead and do this smoothly. Um, and for them to be complaining about this, it's kind of ridiculous when others can do it. So yeah. I, appreciate yeah, I mean, that. yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll figure it out, but I think that, I think they've, they've got to realize over the past few releases that PCs where they're strongest. I mean, Final Fantasy XIV, Realm Reborn, is a PC game, and that's like one bright spot. That is one of the few bright spots for the company when they post their their balance sheet. Is that Final Fantasy XIV is doing well for them, you know? And it's it's on PlayStation as well, but the, it's it's the it's a PC game really. It's a foremost, I kind of feel like. But I don't know. Agreed. Well, jazz man. This has been so awesome. It's been amazing. You're such That's a right. wonderful person. You're so open and honest. And I really appreciate the fact that, you know, time is so valuable. You could have been with your girlfriend. You could have been doing something else. And you're spending it here with us and allowing us to get to know you better. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. And thank you very much for having me. And thanks for the, the kind words. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm just trying to do my best. I made a lot of mistakes in life and I'm trying to like, you know, make up for it, I suppose, in some ways, but family's number one, right? I try to try to do everything I can for them. Oh, that's what's up, Jazz. Now, obviously, all these people who have come in here, they were here to see you, but for the slim chance that somebody sees this and they don't know who's Jed, uh, Jazz Gordon or, or where to find them, where, where can we find you? What's the Twitter? What's the thing? Everything's already in the description, but you know, put it out there. Where, where um, you find, find me on Twitter at just Corden J Z C O I D N. Um, Xbox Two podcast. Uh, slap it into search bar on any podcast service or on YouTube, and uh, that's pretty much it. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, all right. Well, listen, we're gonna wrap it up. Before we go, we're gonna do our 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 housekeeping and getting rid of it and then we'll get you on your way uh just a reminder everyone thank you all so much for being here we really appreciate you showing up for our boy jazz over here it was it was a, a great great show so thank you all guys for coming uh just want to remind you guys that youtube won't let us monetize so if you ever had a desire to help support the channel in any way please consider joining our patreon it is pinned to the comments and it is in the description and it is scrolling down below and you will be joining our fine friends who have gone ahead and helped us out with that so you have our boy mr joanna dark fonto sir isaac hayes 85 zachary mccoy and sith lord thank you guys thank all you guys. so much for doing so we really appreciate you and don't forget it's actually not over we will be back at 7 p.m eastern time today we have another her him and a guest with our man Ains Bowden from Season Gaming and the Big Cast Podcast. We do hope you guys come back later. Come check it out. It's going to be a fun time. Um, remember, we will be back here on Thursday with our On Point End of October Gaming Block Party, where we're going to be having 
five different guests who will be joining our podcast. We have King David. We have Mav from Fun Speculation, who's here to chat. We got uh, Retri. We got Web Dave. And we got Gaming Forte. It's going to be a fun, fun day. A fun, fun night. It's going to be 4 p.m. Eastern time. Please stop by. Come hang out with us. It's going to be great. And then Friday, we end the week with On Point Anime and Beyond. We'll talk anime, TV, movies, all pop culture stuff. That's at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then Monday, we're back in the morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time with Morning Quest with Doodle C Money, where we just start the week right, talking games, having a fun time. And with that, guys, we are out. Thank you all so very much for coming. Jez, thank you again. We really, really appreciate you coming through and hanging with us. Uh, I followed you for a long time, but I feel like I know you better now more than ever. So thank you again. We really, really appreciate it. With that, we're going to end the show. We end the same way we end every single time. Doodle. Yes. We're done. I know. Until next time. You're intruding. You're intruding. <laughs>